0: Well, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Dyke and with me today, I have a huge special guest. You know, last week we had somebody on. This week we got somebody I want. I don't want to say even better, but let's just say it's even better. It's football season, folks. We're right around the corner. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the new head coach of my Lamphere Fighting Rams Ray Ostrowski how do you pronounce your last name coach yeah Ostrowski Ostrowski Ostrowski. there we go all right pretty close all right (laughs) don't don't shoot me too much coach oh that works perfect yeah that that'll catch on pretty quick here first off coach congratulations on becoming the new head coach at Lanfear. uh for those who are living under a rock I am from Lanfear, right so the program means a lot to me and in the success and I could not be more excited to have you on board um, I've talked to a couple different coaches, including Adam Mouly, who was on the show uh, briefly with us for an interview and as well as my co-host for the Extra Innings podcast that I do. Uh, he seems pretty excited to have you on, on, on board as well. So his recommendation means a lot to me. So I couldn't be more thrilled. I know a lot of people are thrilled around the city. Uh, but first thing we want to do, Coach, is just, you know, you know, who, who is Coach O, right? You know, what are you about? What's your background and how do we get to this point where you're calling yourself the head coach of Lampier?
1: Yeah, you know, and first off, I just want to thank you. Uh, obviously, very exciting. It's all moved very fast here the first two, two and a half weeks or so. Right. Absolutely. Um, just a little bit about myself and some background. I'm originally from St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Once upon a time, I graduated Lakeshore High School. Actually, remember playing against Lapeer High School. Right. Uh, you Absolutely. Know, a in high school, so uh, you know, once upon a time, right? <laughs> um, also played for Coach Ari at, um, at Saginaw Valley State University for a couple of years. Um, began coaching up there, um, you know, up in Tri-Valley, up at Swan Valley High School, uh, now almost 12 years ago. Uh, made the transition back this way to Macomb County, um, where I began coaching at my alma mater, Lakeshore, under mm-hmm. Tom Maloniki. Um, You know, great people. Uh, slowly transitioned, uh, actually moved to Kansas for a year. Wow. Um, so taught and coached in Garden City, Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was interesting. That's where GRCC is. So, or I'm sorry, uh, GCCC. <laughs> uh, Community college, uh, you know, yeah. where J. Rue Campbell's been, where some other uh, yep. big time players were. Yep. Uh, and, and so again, just phenomenal experience there. Mm-hmm. Transition back here to, uh, Southeast, Southeast Michigan, where I've been a teacher in Berkeley for the last nine years. So, awesome. um, have coached coached at Berkeley, um, you know, had some, had some middling success and playoff runs. Mm-hmm. And then most recently have been the defensive coordinator over at Lakeshore high school coach with my good friend, Will Pawlowski and Rich Pop before that. So. Um, that's kind of my, you know, past through 12 years or so of coaching experience. Um, yeah. I'm also fortunate enough to uh, work out at the Legacy Center. Um, okay. So always a big shout out to Justin Sasante, Legacy Football. Um, again, I'm a huge believer in the platform and what they do and what they provide to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a part of it now for you know four or five years. Um, just a huge advocate. You know, I, I'm now kind of making my way up the up the ladder. So just something I love to do here in the offseason, keep me busy and, and give yeah. our kids an opportunity to get, you know, to get looks from anywhere from NAIA all the way up to D1 schools. So
0: yeah, that's extremely important, right? And we'll talk about a little bit about about your philosophies when it comes to recruiting and that kind of stuff. But Um, the first question I want to ask you though, I'm sure it's something on on a lot of people's minds is, you know, why Lanphier, right? You know, the resume is there. You just ran it down, right? You know, so clearly you have a little bit of backing behind you. Uh, the the job just opened up. I I found out about it. And then I found out you got hired about two days later. So it was one of those things. I was like, okay, good deal. Um, you know, you know, what attracted you about this job outside of just becoming a head coach right at the varsity level, which is obviously important. And that's, that's a dream for most of us, myself included, but, um, you know, what, what attracted you most about the landfill and, you know, in the, in the place?
1: Yeah, certainly. So the big thing for me is the opportunity to get to teach in the building. And okay, for the last four or five years, you know, I've kind of been all over the place. Like I said, I still teach in Berkeley. Yeah. Um, I live in St. Clair Shores. So it's been a commute going back and forth. It's I something I enjoy. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's my alma mater. So you always are are a little bit, a um, little yeah. biased towards them. For sure, But at the same time, I, I'm real eager to get back in the building to build those relationships with kids. Mm-hmm. And then quite frankly, to get back into PE. I mean, when I heard that, I was extremely excited. Yeah. Um, the opportunity to be back in the weight room where I can, mm-hmm. you know, coach and really do what I'm passionate about on a daily basis so yeah that's for sure right and having the opportunity
0: to go out right and to see some of those kids day in and day out right I think it does a couple things right number one it, you know for those kids that are going to be on your team and I know a, a good group of them I had them myself when they were seventh and eighth graders but um you know I it's it does a couple things for you, right? Number one, you always keep an eye out at at some level, right? Make sure they're they're keeping on track. And two, right, it's it's building a relationship off the field, right? And building that relationship to know that you know you're you're really there for them as a person and you care about them as people and all that good stuff. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, what culture, what, what, what are you going to bring to Lamphere here? You know, the history is there. I don't need to run it down. Right. The, the, the program has been up and down. It's coming off its best season in a very long time, you know, an undefeated regular season record, a a division championship, some, a, a tough fight in the playoffs. Right. So they have a little bit of success coming off last year. Um, you know, where, where are you looking to kind of step it up and what is the culture that you're bringing to Lamphere?
1: You know, my culture has always been very similar and I've, I've always used a phrase. It's what I've used now for really the past eight seasons or so. And, it, and it's it's <laughs> at everything. And I, I think that kind of exemplifies how I treat everything we do from academics to the weight room, which I think is critically important um, for the practice field and the game field. So, um, you know, whether we like it or not, I'm, you know, I was a three sport athlete. Um, you know, I played football, basketball, baseball. I, I know what it's like to live that life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think more now than ever in 2021, the weight room and the work you put in the off really is going to pay dividends come the football season. You know, we saw last year what what can happen when you don't have some of those resources available, absolutely, you know, due to the pandemic. And I just think more than ever, uh, you know, I try to establish a culture of competition, a culture that is built on the idea of competing and also working hard during the off season. I mean. But I think in order to get there, you have to build bonds and relationships with not only student athletes, but, but people, right? Your coaching right. staff, your community, and all those things. So, I mean, everywhere I've been, um, I've been big with the youth organizations. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously the Madison Heights Wolverines right. play a huge role in that. Yeah. Uh, before when I was in St. Clair Shores, it was the Green yeah. Hornets, the, yep. you know, the east, the east, the east, the east eagles. Yeah. Uh, so again, I have, have great relationships yep. with those coaching staffs. And I think that's what helps build the culture, right? Because people yep. see it, they know what you do, they know what you're about, what you expect. Right. And I think people buy into that.
0: So absolutely. I mean, no, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you nailed the right on the head, right, is building those relationships. But I want to go back to two things you said. First thing you know, about the weight room, right? You're I've done a few of these interviews now with a couple different, you know, football coaches. I've done it with swimming. I've done. I've done it all across the board, right? Um, tell me about the importance that you're putting on the off-season training because I think that sometimes that gets kind of lost in the shuffle. As a former high school athlete myself, right? You, you know, a lot of people on the outside don't realize that th- there's a whole season before the season, right? And it's it's a completely different ball game, you know you know, for, for the players listening, I know I have some of your players are probably listening to the show. Um, if not from around the state, right. But you know, what, what is that message when you guys go into the weight room, right? Is it strictly, you know, we got to do it. We just got to get through it or, you know, what is that message? Because I do think that sometimes it's not the, the most fun thing in the world to do for some guys, right. Just to go in at a 7am 7, 7 on a Tuesday during summer, right. You don't have, you don't have school anymore, but coach is making me get up and ride my bike to go do uh, workouts. <laughs>
1: I think the big motivation is always competing against yourself, right? I mean, in terms of the weight room, it's not something that's going to last a year or two. It's something, you know, developing functional strength literally lasts a lifetime, right? And I think it's the one gift that any coach, any advocate of the weight room can give, you know, Uh student athletes, just like math, just like uh, language arts, just like social studies, those skills will be applicable forever. And I would argue now more than ever with the pandemic and everything, you know, just basic functional strength is key. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously, you know, we're not looking to build weightlifters. So I'm not trying to create <laughs> yeah. powerlifters. It's really about adding movement, explosiveness, and just functional strength. So I'm, I'm big on your core lifts, um, but uh, explosive movements are huge, whether it's a hand clean, um, any kind of your Olympic lifts and any kind of explosive movement mm-hmm. is what I try to use and justify. Um, I'm also big in speed training. Um, mm-hmm. It's something I've, I've, you know, really worked with the last eight or nine seasons now where I've kind of taken... 100% ownership of those things, mm-hmm. and again, it's something I'm passionate about. I was a wide receiver, a safety, um, a skill position kid. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought those things are are really what's most important when developing that explosiveness and that mm-hmm. power.
0: Absolutely, um, and, and and honestly, you know that's applicable everywhere. So anybody who's listening to that, right? When you hear those words, right, it's. They're a little bit buzzwords, right? Explosiveness, speed, power, right? But if you look at it, I mean, just look at the Detroit Lions draft, right? That's everything. Every single one of those guys that they drafted this year, those are the common traits, right? High character guys that are explosive, that are mean, and that are strong, and that are great athletes, right? Take the football side out of it for a second. They're just great athletes. And at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things where I liken it to you can teach somebody how to play better man or zone coverage, or you can teach somebody technique in hand placement. You can't teach speed. You can't teach explosiveness to a certain degree, right? You can, you can improve upon it, but sometimes either you got it or you don't, right? So to accentuate those positives and hide the negatives, right. And, and to do that during the off season, I think is so critical. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk to you about though, was the fact that you said you're a three sport athlete. Now, you know, as we've kind of seen, you know, I, I just saw a former player of mine, he just committed to a, a different college today. Um big shout out to KJ Whitman about that. But um
1: there you go. I see four.
0: Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, so you know, talk to me a little bit about being a multi-sport athlete because there's I think there's some common misconceptions where once you get to a certain level and you think that you're there, people tend to kind of silo a little bit. Right. I've seen a couple different players kind of go, you know what? I'm a baseball guy. I'm just going to play baseball. Right. I need to focus on baseball. Talk to me about the benefits of being a multi-sport athlete, because I think that a lot of people tend to get in, in into their own heads and let other people kind of come out from everywhere and say, no, you, if you're a baseball guy, you want to make it to the next level. You need to focus 100 percent of your time. On baseball. You need to train for the season, just to get ready for the season, and and you see good athletes, good players that are in that are multi sport athletes, just basically skip over to their seniors in junior
1: seasons. Yeah, yeah. So the big thing for me is injury prevention, right? I mean, more so than anything, it's it's building that longevity, the ability to make it through three seasons, the grind, but it's yeah. also injury prevention. I mean, I remember going through that myself. Right. Um, again, I probably had the most success as a football player, but my first love is baseball. I come okay. from a baseball family. Um, basketball. I was a good fowler. I was a good six man. <laughs> right. uh, football and baseball were really what where I kind of you know made my living. And and it just it's one of those things where they are long seasons. Basketball Absolutely. is probably the longest, right, mm-hmm. because of the the breaks, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas break, or the holiday break, yep. um, the winter break, the midwinter break. But <laughs> yeah. then you get into baseball, and it's that time of the year where you know there's a lot of distractions. You have proms, you have good weather, yep. um, all you know the girls, all that stuff. So. <laughs> It's a situation where I look back to my experience in high school, and I just want to make sure I always advocate to the student athletes that, you know, injury prevention, lifting, and as I said, functional strength are key. It's mm-hmm. great if we can build the explosiveness, but in-season programming and programming is equally important. You look at teams like, baseball, like collegiate baseball teams like TCU, like Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. which are consistently winners year in and year out. Um, in their respective conferences. And it's because they lift and they focus on preparation. Mm-hmm. It's 2021, everyone is, is doing it and they're doing it to the point and it's being programmed to the point where it's a science, right? Absolutely. Um, so everything right. you do from the load that you develop to the technique, it's very precise. And student athletes, if you wanna make it at the next level have to get acclimated to that. It's not something where you know you're going to be able to go in and say, well, this is how I did in high school. Um, you you want to be there, right? You want to feel like you're part of the group. You want to feel prepared. And in order to do that, it's important to learn those skills here in high school.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Um, you know, speaking of the next level, right. You know, you know, what have you seen from a player perspective now you've been in the coaching game, you know, a long time, right at the, you know, you know, at a pretty high level. And so what have you seen, you know, is maybe a common misconception for players trying to get to that next level or something that they can work on? Is it just building that strength and and continuing to build tendencies uh, now while you're in high school? Right. And, And I'm talking incoming freshmen and sophomores where if you learn that mentality and then really embrace that process, um, do you think that is probably the best way for them to get that offer if they if they want to be a football player in the next level? Is that it? Or what is something that you would give advice to some of these people that are maybe you know just starting out in their high school careers?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's to start early, right? And to heed the advice of your coaches. And I say that coming from a coach, but right. um, I, I really mean it. I think almost all coaches echo very similar sentiments to the point where, <laughs> You know, we've been there before, we have a general understanding of what to expect. I think as a high schooler that you get pulled in a lot of different directions. There's social distractions, there's grades, and all those things are, are equally important. You need to find a balance. At the same time, you need to start to develop those positive characteristics and traits early on Mm -hmm. so you're not trying to play catch-up your last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, Doors get closed in in this game quicker than they get open. So again, if you can't handle the academic aspect of things, you really kind of set yourself up for failure where you're missing workouts because mom's telling you have to stay home or because a teacher is telling you you need to turn in this homework. Like to me, the way you do it is by establishing routines and by ensuring just consistent, consistency throughout. You know, right. the old saying is showing up is half a battle. Honestly, I mean, I promise, and I say it to all athletes, I can make you a much better athlete. You just have to show up. That's all right. you have to do. You got to buy in, right? Right. Um, right? Because it is difficult. It's not easy to ask a high schooler to, to do these things. Mm-hmm. But I think, like I said, the long-term rewards um, the lifetime of, of just physical fitness is, is such a great gift to give somebody. I mean, um, it's something I've been extremely passionate about. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Talking about buying a little bit, right? You're a new coach on the scene, right? This is now you're going to be the third head coach in three years at Lanphier. Um circumstances notwithstanding, right? But talk to me a little bit about the challenges um, and or even a message that you want to convey to these new players, right? About, you know, what you're bringing, right? To, to the school and to this program, right? Because I think at this point, if I'm a junior and I've already gone through two different head coaches, I've had been told now twice that I have to buy into this product because we're going to see success, right? And last year is the first year in a long time we actually saw it. So now it's like, okay, now this guy's coming in, all right, I'm, let's go. Let's start all over again, right? Do we have to completely tear it all down to build it back up? You know, what What do you do for that? And what are the challenges that you foresee and how you plan to overcome them?
1: Sure. From a personal standpoint, it's just sending the message that I'm here to stay, right? And I think I that think the, the being a teacher for me was a huge, huge point. It was something I absolutely had to have in a sense if I was going to take, take a head coaching job. Right. I've set it now for years and I've been consistent. Um, and, and I think that should resonate with student athletes. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a flash in the pan. It's not something that's going to be quick. I'm here to stay. So like me or not, uh, you're going to see a lot of it, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know, at previous stops when I was at Lakeshore, I filled in as the assistant AD. So you see me at all basketball games because I run them. You right. see me at girls basketball games because I run them. Right. Soccer, lacrosse, again, any sport a school has. I want to mm-hmm. be a part of it because I think building those relationships outside of football or outside of the weight room is equally important. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't care if you play football or not. I, I will work out with the soccer team, uh, mm-hmm. with the cross country team. I just want student athletes in, in Lampier to be one part of one cohesive unit, mm-hmm. um, because I think it, that is when school is most fun for student athletes, when there's that general buy-in, when everyone feels like they're part of something bigger than themselves. Um, as far as accomplishing that goal, how do you do it? I think it's FaceTime. I mean, I think platforms like this are phenomenal because it yeah. gets your name out there, allows people to see really what you're about. Um, I think it's also sending a message that, you know, I'm going to be equal and balanced. Right. I mean, I think it's a huge advantage that I'm coming into a new situation, not necessarily knowing people because it's a clean slate. Right. Absolutely. Um, not Everyone starts over. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, quite frankly, you could say it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm still learning a great deal about the Lampere community and the Madison right. community. For sure. And I, I think it's a good thing because I get to go in, um, see student athletes for what they are and help them get to where they want to be. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple idea. Mm-hmm. Um, just helping kids get to the, and uh, meet their goals. Yeah, so. no, for sure.
0: And, and the fact that you said, you know, the phrase of, you know, I'm here to stay. I think that's always been something that I think a lot of people, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Madison Heights, right. So, so I saw it too, is, you know, is it, you know, are you here? What, what is the goal of the program, right? Where, where are we headed? You know, it's easy to say, okay, the goal is to be a team and to, and to be a family and those buzzwords that you hear in every football documentary ever. Um, but to hear, you know, you come out, you haven't even been in the building three weeks yet. And you're already here saying, listen, I'm here for the long haul. So you're going to have to, you know, drag me out of here before, you know, I'm gone. So the fact that you're saying that if you're a player out there listening You know, speaking from as a coach and as a former player myself, where you go, that's something that I can can sink my teeth into, right? And that's something that I can get excited about as a fan of the program, just because now I go, okay, this guy's here for not for himself, but he's here for us. And he's, and he's here for the, he's here for the program to see it out, to see it through. That's huge. That is so huge on so many levels. Um, the other part of that though, I think a little bit, I think you hit on it earlier is the youth programs and forming those relationships. You know, the Madison Heights, Wolverines near and dear to my heart. I'm going to coach there currently. Right. I, I coach for them. I've been coaching for them since I was 18. You know, so I'm not going to say how old I am. Cause that that's going to date myself a bit, but <laughs> point being, um, you know, there is there has been at times there's been at times where that relationship was ignored a little bit, um, you know, by previous regimes in my early in my coaching career. Then it kind of came back around a little bit, you know, but it didn't really hit off in the way we wanted it to. And it was still kind of awkward. You know, talk to me a little bit about what you see from from the from the youth perspective. Right. Because that's that's your that's your feeders for the most part. Right. I mean, I can name kids on your team right now that I had. You know, and I can tell you their characteristics. You go, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, talk to me a little bit about the importance um, of the youth programs and building that relationship to get them, you know, in, in the building and to play in high school.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it really just comes down to knowing people, right? I mean, <laughs> and building relationships. Same things we, same right. things we talked about. I want coaches to coach. So I don't care if you're the youth level coach of the flag team, all the way up to the varsity. You know, defensive yeah. coordinator, offensive coordinator. I, yeah. I I'm not. I don't ever want to be a micromanager. I want to empower coaches to get better. I think through those things, through professional development, through pushing people in the off season, it Mm -hmm. makes the unit greater as a whole because kids see that you're buying in. The same thing goes for youth football. I mean, I'm obviously an advocate of of, of doing anything in any way to help. Um, Again, give me a call at any time and I will always be there. But I don't want to step on anyone's feet, right? I mean, I want coaches to coach. I'm not there to tell people what to do. Yeah, absolutely, to do things or where to push kids or what mm-hmm. plays the call. It's not what it's for. It's about helping kids and really promoting the game of football. Absolutely. I mean, we all see it. The game of football, for whatever reason, is in trouble. And you can name a lot of things, but there's a lot yeah. of outside influences that mm-hmm. kind of take away from what I feel and, and hold near and dear to my heart. I absolutely. mean, football literally saved me. And I'm sure it's done it for many people. It kept yeah. me on the straight and narrow. It gave mm-hmm. me motivation. It gave me perspective. Um, the people who I played high school football with were the guys who were best uh, men in my wedding. I've been best men in their wedding. Um, still some of the closest people I have and some of the closest friendships I have in life were formed playing right. youth and high school football. Right. I think those things are important. So my goal as a coach isn't to tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. It's to encourage and keep kids playing the game. Because yeah. when that happens, good things will happen. And whether it's at, you know, Lanthier or Madison or Bishop Foley, wherever it happens to be, I want to mm-hmm. see kids play. Right. Um, You know, to to me, that is first and foremost has to be the goal of any high school football coach. Otherwise, you're doing the kids a a serious disservice.
0: Absolutely. Right. Because at the end of the day, whether you're in your position like yourself or me, you know, you're doing it for the kids. and You're doing it for the love of the sport. Right. So to hear something like that, that's important. Right. I figured I'd ask that that's a more of a personal question for me because, you know, I've seen it firsthand, you know, kind of go both ways. But you hit on something, too, about kind of your coaching style. Right. Um, We've we've seen coaches in the past. Offensive and defensive coordinators. They call their plays. They don't. We saw uh, Coach Masano last year kind of delegate a little bit more and let kind of his coordinators do their own thing and say, hey, listen, this is your thing and I'm just going to oversee it. I think we're going to see it now even at the professional level, right? Dan Campbell, not a, a coordinator, right? He's he's going to let Anthony lingo go offense and he's going to let uh, Aaron or Glenn go defense. Um, you know, what is your coaching style, you know, when it comes to the day to day operations and game time, right? Are you going to have a bigger hand in the defense just because you are a defensive coordinator? Um, are you going to call plays? I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like shed out, like, okay, well, you're on a four, three, three, four. But, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, talk to me a little bit more about your coaching style and kind of what you foresee for this first year
1: here. For sure. Yeah. And I'll always share anything with anyone. Again, I don't believe in any <laughs> secrets. Uh, I really don't. I think coaching is, is, is a professional development community. And I just, Absolutely. I believe in giving, it. I, I don't care. I'll tell you what I'm going to do again. It's really how much you can information you can convey to the kids and teach them what they're for doing. sure. Um, can you say the question one more time? Yeah. So, I mean, just fr- from your
0: perspective, right. You're, you're the first time in the, in the big chair, right. Yep. For sure. You know, are you going to be one of those coaches? Cause I, I do think it's sometimes it's hard to kind of go from being a play caller to now you have to run everything, right? You got to know when we're going for it on fourth and four, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So are you going to have a bigger hand in the defense, maybe even year one, just because you are got to get the scheme implemented? Um, you know, or are you going to kind of, I'm sure you're, the way you put together your staff, it looks awesome, right? I've seen a lot of the posts you had on social media. So there's a lot of excitement about the staff that you're building. So um no no slight at them. but are you going to be a little bit more like okay what are we doing we got to make sure we're uptight on this just to make sure that we're implementing the things that we want to get done This, you know because the first year is such a building block right it's it's so foundational setting you're trying to set a tone and really try to uh, establish a a framework for the culture and what you're trying to do so I, i'm just trying to figure out the balance that you're going to have on game day of okay listen we gotta you know we gotta be uptight here and i gotta know everything or are you gonna let your coordinators coordinate i guess
1: I'm going to let coordinators coordinate, and I think that's important. Um, I'm sure I'll always have a big say yeah. <laughs> uh, on the Saturday through Thursday, uh, right. on defense particularly. I think of, of football in always offensive terms, right? I started mm-hmm. off as a wide receiver, maybe was a little too slow at times, so I was pushed to safety. There I you was go. a very physical player. <laughs> but, you uh, know, so I, I get it from both sides of the ball, but I learned the game from the offensive perspective. So okay. it's kind of ironic I ended up being a D.C., Um, But again, it's not that uncommon.
0: It's not that uncommon when you think about it, right? Who who knows better how to attack a defense? That that
1: is true. (laughs) So I mean, long story short, I'm sure I'll have a large hand in the defense. I I always do. Um, Very vocal, uh, Mm -hmm. can be very loud. So I'm sure you'll hear me on both sides of the ball, but certainly defense is, is a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, offensively, I will certainly have say as well. Um, you know, I, I don't try to de- or I don't try to overstep any bounds, but, you know, right. I might put in my two cents here and there. And obviously the clock management piece is a big part, right? As a new right. head coach, um, clock management's important. I think it's critical. Um, understanding kind of when you're on the ropes and, and when you can go for a kill shot. And right. the truth is, I right. mean, that's something that you just have to learn through experience. You know, you, you got to jump in the water and see how deep it is uh, before you can say one way or the other. But certainly because of that, and because it's late, I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll have a huge say uh, when it's Saturday through Thursday. Um, on Friday, I want to let guys coach. And I, you know, I've told the staff that I'm um, mm-hmm. coming in, just be ready, right? There are going to be times where maybe you're uncomfortable. If you need help, you can always ask. But I mean, again, I like to empower my coaches make them feel like they're a real coach, like they have a say. Last thing I want to do is micromanage people because I think that's how you lose staff members. I want to make sure if I'm losing them, it's because they're taking other gigs, bigger places, uh, head coaching jobs, those types of things. I certainly don't want to run anyone out of town because of an ego or because of a disagreement. I I, I think coaching is too big of a fraternity. You don't need that negative publicity.
0: That's awesome to hear. You know, as, as an assistant coach myself, right, it's it's very important that you feel like, you know, when you say something, you know, in those coaches meetings, right, that you feel like your voice was at least heard, whether, whether you go with that idea, or that player or that play, right, that's one thing, right? At the end of the day, you're the boss, you know, we're going to go with what you call. But, you know, it's nice to at least be like, you know, what? at least you heard what I said, right? If it works out great, if it doesn't, well, I can then I tell you, I told you so. But, <laughs> but either way, right, it's, um, it's nice to hear that, right? Just kind of wanted to see, you know, how you were going to be on game days. Um, I'm going to let you get you out of here, but I do want to ask you one more question, Coach, before I let you go. Um, it's a question I like to ask a lot of the people that come on my show: is that if there is one thing coming out of all this, right, that you want the Lanfear community to know, that you want the Madison Heights community to know, that you want your players, what is the number one thing about Coach O that you're that is going to be Lanfear football going forward, right? What if, if I'm if I'm an opposing team and I play Lamphere on Friday night? What am I going to walk away saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, what I hope people recognize is that, you know, from a team perspective, obviously, we meet all the characteristics. We have positive attributes. Uh, mm-hmm. We have good people. Um, you know, first and foremost, you're really trying to develop young men, right? I mean, you see what you're getting uh, from, from middle schools. You see what you're getting from elementary schools. And now because of COVID, you know, some of these student athletes have had really a year off of discipline, Absolutely. Uh, rigor, those types of things. So for me, it's going to be developing the person first. And again, I think you do that by building those relationships. Um, the biggest thing from a football standpoint is, like I said, I am going to be a community builder. Um, I want to be a part of Lanphier. And that means I'm going to be at every single event, every single event. Um, And people scoff and they kind of laugh, like, how are you going to do that? Um, I've done it at several schools now. It's kind of been my, just the way I am. So whether you like to see me or not, you're going to see a lot of me. Um, but I think that all ends up being a positive in the end. Because it, it really shows kids that you genuinely care, not just about them on a football field yeah. or not just about them in the social studies or a, or a PE class, but about them as people, right? The truth is, kids, as a coach, you're gonna love the game of football way more than 99% of your kids, right? There might be the outlier or two, but you're a football coach. That's your passion, that's what you're there for. Kids are there to grow, to gain experiences, to learn from their mistakes. Yeah. Um, your goal as a coach is simply to help guide them, right? To get them where they were. And try to help guide them to get them to where they want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was a mentor of mine, Rich Pop, you know, that was kind of a saying of his and I've always kind of adopted and try to utilize as much as possible. I'm just a big believer in the philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. It's people first, it's community first, it's building those relationships. And I found that kids will literally jump through brick walls for you if they know that they trust you and that you genuinely have their best interests at heart.
0: That's fantastic, Coach. Uh, once again, I really appreciate you hopping on. Stay stay on the call with me just for a second as we close yeah. it down here. But that's going to be it, though, guys, with our interview with Coach. Oh, looking forward to seeing him. Coach, I hope to have you on the show maybe later on during the year, depending on how the season's going or all that good stuff, or maybe after the season is a rundown. Uh, we'd love to have you back. Uh, you've always got friends here at my show for sure, so we're rooting for you. If you ever need anything from me personally, you know you can reach out. But once again, guys, that's Coach. all the new high school varsity football coach for my Lamphere Rams. Uh, coach, I appreciate it, and good luck this year.
1: Hey, thank you, guys. Lanphier winning everything.
0: And thanks again, once again, to Coach O for joining us this week. Um, but, Mike, welcome back. Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. He is here. here. We are ready to go. Uh, Last week, we promised that we are going to talk some NBA playoff action, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, But before we do that, though, we got some housekeeping measures, right? We got uh, some WWE backlash to cover, and we also have to uh, preview AEW's Double or Nothing show, which is, thankfully, pretty much the entire card's already been released. So, AEW doing us a solid there. So, Mike, let's just jump in here. Um, WWE WrestleMania backlash, not just backlash, WrestleMania backlash, because let's milk that too. And after we cover that too, I do want to ask you one more question uh, before we shift to the NBA too, but I'll I'll hold that till the end. Um, But Mike, overall thoughts on this show, we went in pretty lukewarm at best on this show, knowing that for the most part, nothing was going to really happen, right? And I think our prediction was pretty on on yep. brand there. Back the the show after WrestleMania is either really good mm-hmm. or really bad or yeah. bland. I guess I I don't want to say the show was bad because outside of and we'll talk about the zombie thing here in a minute, but like outside of that though, I don't think like the in ring action was bad, right? I don't think we saw like matchups where like I don't want to see this necessarily. Yeah, I think it was just. The 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 way things are going right now, storyline wise, you just knew that for the most part, nothing was nothing major was really going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, in, and you can kind of attest to this too. You know, there was a time there where okay, maybe at WrestleMania, every champion retained somehow, but then backlash, all the titles changed hands. You know what I mean? Or or we got. You know, at WrestleMania 23, you get John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. But then at Backlash, you get John Cena versus Shawn Michaels versus Edge versus Randy Orton, right? So you're like, oh, wow, like that's – you're stepping up your game, you know what I mean, yeah. for whatever reason. So this show, we saw a little bit of that, right? The Bobby Lashley, you know, Braun Strowman getting in, you know, kind of induced into that to kind of take the fall <laughs> for nothing else. Um, but, Mike, let's just jump in here and match by match, All go right. through the results. Um and our thoughts on the contest.
2: All right. So we opened the show with uh, <clears throat> the Raw Women's Three-Way. Yeah. Uh, so we had Rhea Ripley defeating Asuka and Charlotte in 15 minutes and 22 seconds. Received a nice little, let me count, four <laughs> and a quarter star rating. I thought this was good. Yeah, that I thought really it was good. a very good yeah. opener. Yeah. Um, I don't famous. like how
0: they're jobbing out Asuka, though. That's my only yeah. issue there. but Yeah,
2: I, I wish I wish, like Charlotte would have been more of like get the pin kind of like uh get yeah. the pin fall at, yeah. at least a few times but it's, she's always the protected one. Oh, of course we're gonna get Rhea and charlotte at probably like what summer, summer slam. slam so yeah it's building to that we'll see i'm not pumped for it but
0: neither am i well here's the thing it, it's a oh, two edged short because i think in the ring i think it'll be fine yes <coughs> excuse me um but uh from a from a storyline perspective they're both heels and they're really pushing Charlotte hard as a heel right now, like doing this whole "she's the standard" and blah blah blah, which makes sense. Totally get it. But then Rhea as a heel as well, it's like okay, well then that's not going to work because they're going to cheer for Rhea clearly, yes. right? So it's one of those things to where so her heel turn she, and he doesn't really even feel like she's a heel, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just, it was a weird feud with Asuka if you want to call it that, the three week build. Yes. Um, but now that she's got the title, you're like. Yeah? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's just weird. I don't know. Like, Rhea is a great foreman. I don't think she's ever really going to be able to recapture what she did two years ago in NXT. But I think she still can be a solid part of the the division. But Mm -hmm. um, I just don't... That matchup doesn't make any sense because you got heel versus heel going on there. And then you go, okay, well, then Rhea, who's not a strong heel right now, and her character is not defined... I guess we're yeah. gonna cheer for her because yeah. we don't like Charlotte.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and they're just gonna give it to Charlotte probably, right. Right? which will then lead into Mania when you're gonna try to get that like right. Becky Lynch or Bianca Belair star yep. to like take her down. It, it's you know what Charlotte's basically just like the Brock Lesnar of the women's division. A little where bit. She takes the title. Goes into summers or goes yep. into Mania, and then someone else who's hotter is like, "Oh, right. let me take the I'll title take it, for you." Right. At least with uh,
0: Charlotte, she's there. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, she's gonna, no, we're gonna get yeah. some good matches out of it, but yeah, you're right. <laughs>
2: Uh, Our next match was we had the Mysterios taking on the the Dirty Dogs. Dirty Dogs. That's what it was. Yeah, I thought it was a typo, but nope, nope. They're called the Dirty Dogs. Apparently, Uh, match was uh, three and a half stars. It started with uh, Ray in the ring by himself because the storyline Dominic Dominic got hurt, and then Dominic like limps out to the ring halfway through. Hate it. And it was weird because. He gets like the hot tag, and but then he also gets like the beat down for ten yeah. minutes before he yeah. gets put back in. Right. Because usually when they do that angle, it's like, okay, like like if it was what, back when like DX versus yep. like Legacy or whatever, mm-hmm. like Sean's getting his ass kicked. Right. And Witch comes in, saves right. the day and wins like right, right away right kind away. of thing. Yep. And now it's like okay, well, like, Dominic got his ass kicked, mm-hmm. too, so now it's, like... Yeah,
0: and then he... I just didn't understand why they needed to do that part. Yeah. Like, everybody could have seen this title change coming from a mile away, so it was, yeah. like, like, let's just get on with it. Like, yeah. I don't mind that they're the tag champs. I really don't. No, like I I, I I think it's fine. Like I said last week, as long as Rey Mysterio never sniffs the world title again, mm-hmm. I'm cool. I just don't see it anymore, right? Um, So that's fine, but... At the same time, I don't think you did Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler any favors, who no. you've built to be a pretty credible tag team mm-hmm. you know, over the last little bit, to have this dude who's been wrestling for 12 days yeah. come out and get attacked, and then they still beat you? Yeah. Why not just have the traditional yeah, tag? I,
2: I think that... WWE does a weird thing where they try to overthink themselves and they're like yeah. okay so everyone thinks that this is gonna happen right. so let's try to swerve put some, them yeah put some doubt in and it like, but then still the do it exactly what we thought yeah exactly in. Which instead it's like it'd be better <clears> just to go in and just well just do, do, the, match, do the match right, the right it's like way. hey listen
0: we're fine with it. I almost wish we could be like put a Button like a check marker or an X, just be like, "Hey, we're cool at this, but just yeah. can you just do it rather than trying to?"
2: Yeah, it gives me a lot. Of, yeah, I wish they would say just take the takeover route where like yeah. there's a lot of just takeovers where like a ta- yeah. the tag division was like, "Okay, you know, you know, the, whoever, right, whoever, yeah, was on the speed be era is gonna beat." Name, name a, a team, a team. Right. yeah, Oni Larkin and Danny yeah, Burke Danny or whatever. Brooks, right. Like they're gonna beat them, but make it a really competitive contest. And like the right. very last second, you're like, oh, maybe they get the yeah, pin. right. Like but then Unisphere oh. Arrow wins. Or exactly, whatever.
0: and you go, that was a really good match. Didn't didn't do anything to shock me, but that was a really solid match. Yeah. moving on. Exactly. Right. So yeah.
2: that's what I would have preferred. But, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, they overthink themselves in the main roster. So now- <laughs>
0: Congratulations, you played yourself.
2: <laughs> right. Now we have so our third match was our. Um, was a match. Oh, boy. Um, so we had... I forgot M- it was this early in the, in the card. <laughs> I was waiting. The Miz versus Damian Priest um, in a... Well, see, it's called just a lumberjack match. Yeah. I don't think it's just a lumberjack match, though. A it has to be like a zombie... Jack match. Jack match. <laughs> and it yeah. received, Rob, guess the star rating. Negative game. two stars. Worse. Really? Negative three stars. Aww. And that's why I laughed really hard that's before we nice. started, because I saw they said negative three is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Negative three stars. It only went about seven minutes. Thank and, God.
0: you know um, they got like a million dollar payoff for doing that? Yeah, from I'd, the from whatever is from the Army, Army of the, the dead. dead movie. from yeah. Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah that basically they got a million dollars just to do that. So, yeah. in business sense, makes all the sense in the world. Quite yes, 100%. frankly. Um, unfortunately, Miz got hurt in that match, yeah. so he might be out for a hot minute. Yeah, he's so off that's, nine months or so, yeah, that's like really unfortunate because he's been doing some really great work. I'm hoping that that means that John Morrison is gonna finally just gonna be able to have a bit of a run because mm-hmm. he was brought in and it was like, oh, cool, John Morrison's back, and now he's doing hey hey ho ho over here. So it's like, okay, like come on, man. He's mm-hmm. the only place he hasn't been a world champion is here. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can finally see him get a, a decent singles run. But the match was what it was, right? That's- um, the Miz, I think is in that spot where it's like, we just got to get priest over, which I think they're doing a good job of, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping Miz is this bit of a layoff for Miz. I think we'll actually come back where you're like, okay. Yeah, no and really care. see him coming yeah. back as a, as a big heel because he can't be baby but if he comes back as a, as an even bigger heel, I think it will be great for mm-hmm. him. Um, and they need main event level talent, yeah.
2: especially on raw. Good God. <laughs> Uh, so now we can shift to something that I care about yep. so Bianca Belair versus Bailey for the Smackdown Women's mm-hmm. title gets three and a half stars um, always a solid match when Bianca Belair is in there yep but and Bailey, quite and, frankly and Bailey yeah. in yeah. general anytime you get like the four horse plus yep. Bailey plus Bianca plus yep. like Rhea to an extent yep. and Asuka like Asuka. The, there's like an yep. eight or nine percent core where if any mm-hmm. of them are going against each other yep. it's pretty much going to be pretty solid yep um and this is another example of that, and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, now, I, obviously not as good as Sasha, Bianca, but that's like... It wasn't meant to TV. be that,
0: though, yeah. either, right? Like, at this point, Bianca's the champion, right? She's got credibility to her name. Mm-hmm. Bailey, I mean, coming, you know, off the heels of her best run, basically, for like a two-year period. I don't think anybody was hotter during that period, especially on SmackDown, right? You know, yeah. Becky's gone, and, you know, Bailey was really doing her thing. So I think Bailey was the perfect person to start off this with I liken it to, um, you know, when uh, like uh, oh what happened, um, you know, like if an AJ wins the title right, and then he immediately put him against a, like an Orton or something like mm-hmm. like you know Orton's not probably gonna take the title, but it's a credible challenger to you know build that first step. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that it was I thought it was solid. Bailey's great so, or uh, Bianca's great, so she's gonna be champion for a hot minute. Yeah, she's not be champion until. At least Summerslam for yeah. sure, but even then, it's like you don't have anybody ready mm-hmm. to take take that either. And I don't, I don't really think they should. Yeah,
2: I, I would love to just have a whole year and then yeah. just have a rematch and do. Sure, Sasha, yeah, Sasha Bianca. wins the Rumble. Yeah, in the year. And I think that would fin- be better then, than Becky coming back and winning. Yeah, the Rumble. and then and then uh, Sasha wins the Rumble. Then finally gets her one WrestleMania win because she's mm-hmm. like zero five right now in at Mania. Right, like she gets her first win. Yep. As a rematch, that would be the f- first like re- WrestleMania rematch the next year. That we very well, people excited will be like, oh, this will be really good. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh Co-main event time, we had Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. Bobby Lashley wins. Yep. Uh, and retains three and three quarter stars. And this is always the kind of match I'll I'll sit back and enjoy because it's yep. just three guys Beating running the crap running each into other. each other all the time. Yeah. I'm cool
0: with it. It did exactly what yeah. you wanted it to, right? Kept Drew strong because you knew Drew wasn't going to take the pin here. Um, Braun being elevated back to the main event scene. But you know he didn't really had a chance at retain, yeah. or at winning the title here. Um, and Bobby maintaining his thing. I'm, it, I want to ask you, though, kind of a segue. Thoughts on people thinking that Kofi is going to now re-enter the main event scene. He got the win last week on yeah. Raw over Bobby, blah, 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 blah. Um, thoughts on that? Are you lukewarm on that idea? Like I said, the, as we mentioned, they need made of that talent at the yeah. top of the card for Raw, but I don't necessarily know if Kofi Kingston is the right guy yeah. to be, like, threatening Bobby Lashley because yeah, it's, it's,
2: he's going to get killed. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind. Yeah. I mean... Just throw everything at the wall. I'm, I'm totally cool with... Um, <laughs> just throw it all at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you've been there before, yeah. like, you, you build him yeah, up. Yeah, he's got some like credibility. He's got he's credibility. former champion. Yeah, yep. like, I don't, I don't mind. it. Like, AEW does it all the time where they're yeah. like, oh, we're going to throw this random guy, mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix, who yeah. on TV not a lot of people know. Right. But we're just going to give him a match with Kenny for the world title. Right. And it's just a great match. Yeah. I think Bobby Lashley and Kofi, because mm-hmm. of the big, small dynamic, will yeah. be, like, a really solid match. If they have sure. a If they have a match at it's not called Hell in a Cell anymore. It's uh It's the, not? It's called the ultimate showdown part hell or something. I don't know. Oh. It's not even called Hell in a Cell apparently oh, anymore. Really?
0: No, I see how so much I'm on the loop here. Uh
2: yeah. I'll look up the name eventually. But Yuck. um if they have a match there yeah. where like Kofi has a nice little twenty minute match with Bobby Lashley inside Hell in a Cell. I mean I'm not gonna hate it. I think it would be kinda of fun, but yeah uh kofi would do shouldn't cool be in hell.
0: that's the problem is that it shouldn't be in hell himself you no it shouldn't have a feud but strong enough to do that yeah, if anything this will. should be the blow off for drew and him to yeah. go at it and have a solid 20-minute match where they beat the dog crap out of each other but i digress yes um once again man i don't i i don't understand in the in this next that we're going to talk about is a perfect example of that right with reigns and cesaro where i don't understand how you can have the same company and have two drastically different shows and two drastically different methodology from a depth perspective, mm-hmm. right? Like we've talked about this now for like a year. Where Smackdown is just so much deeper roster-wise and yet Raw is just sitting here floating and everyone's like I don't know what's going on. I go, how do you not have the formula? You you see it on your other show. It's not like it's like, oh, look what AEW is doing. Look at all this. No, it's in your house. Mm-hmm. And you're still unable to.
2: I don't. I just don't yeah. get it. I guess. I, I think they have trouble with the three-hour format. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think if it was two hours, I mean, it'd still not be good. Right. But like, right. I it think would be it'd be a lot be better, better. Yeah. because you wouldn't have to put the fluff. an hour and a half of filler into yep. it that you do every week, like mm-hmm. SmackDown. To me, just like is like a get to the point kind yeah, of show. Absolutely, and it's because it's two hours, so they yep. can just get right to you know. You have Roman Reigns talk for fifteen minutes, and yep. that's it, yep. and then you have this segment that goes fifteen, and like yep. you have fifteen minute segments. The show goes off the air. Solid main
0: events to end the show to progress the storyline. Yeah. And we're gone. raw.
2: It's like oh, it's three hours, so now we need like an hour filler yep. because we know we, we can't four go talking segments. basically. Yeah, exa- so. exactly. So I think I think it's really just the length of time. Yeah, that really kills RAW. I right. think if it was two hours, I think it would be. But, you, but honestly, fine. though, it's
0: like even like from like like look at Aleister Black for a second, right? He, they're finally going to see what what they got in him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like they're dedicating the time to the vignettes to you know really establishing him as as somebody. But and you're just like, okay, you have that time on Raw. Why are we not pulling some people up from NXT to yeah. start developing? You have this time. I, I would rather see somebody get called up from NXT that you're going to build around. I don't care if it's a squash, but at least you're introducing some new characters. You go, oh, man, wait until
3: yeah.
0: we're not doing any of that. We're just staying stagnant. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you don't have any top talent right now. Randy Orton and Riddle are a tag team right now, which, okay, fine. Whatever. You want to try something new? Cool. But, like... you're you're so thin at the top of the card. It's just Which I I will say, I think
2: that, I don't even know what their name is, but... RK Bro. RK Bro, I'm (laughs) such a fan. Because I'm a big fan of, like... Yeah, it makes sense. Like, two completely opposite people teaming. Like when like yeah. team hell no was a thing. With, it was like, fantastic. It's so funny because they're so just awesome. so opposite that yeah. it, like it, they like come together and it works. And I'm I'm and totally cool with
0: like, main eventers up. like that going down into the tag division. Right, yeah. I, I love the fact that AJ is. I mean, his partner notwithstanding, but like yeah. I like the fact that like okay, maybe we're gonna we're gonna put some top talent into the tag division to make yeah. those titles mean something. Totally cool with that, right? But. In the meantime, you need to start elevating then, some of these other guys mm-hmm. to do that, right? Like, okay, you've got you know Ziggler and Rude as tag champs for on SmackDown, for instance. Okay, so all right, Cesaro, we're gonna move him up, right? Like, because Ziggler and Rude could be two guys in that Intercontinental yeah. Fringe World Title scene. So it's like, damn, like
2: figure it out, man. Yeah, figure this stuff out. Come on, Raw, you got you you yeah, sit get for it, a whole week. Get it can't together. Get together. Uh, then our main event, obviously. Yep. Roman Reigns beating Cesaro yep. in, let me double check the time. I think it was like 27 minutes. Yeah, something like that. Something, yeah. 27 14, Yep. We'll go with that. Um, four and a quarter stars. Um,
0: Everything you wanted it to be. It solid match. Yep. Everything you wanted it to be. Yeah, I mean, you're not going in, you have an expectation of what it's going to be. And I think exact, I think it yeah. delivered. I think if nothing else, Cesaro has proven that he can be a main event yeah. guy like that like, like that's the first and foremost i like how they spun it back to seth's not done with him yet so yeah. okay maybe cesaro is not the next guy yeah. but at least you know he's gonna be feuding with rollins and you're gonna see some of that right i love the fact that we have a heel reigns and a heel rollins at the same time i think that's extremely interesting um just based off of the night i was like are you guys gonna reunite and they're like no <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah. which i think is awesome um so I really dug it. Once again, you know, SmackDown is going to start to run into the issue of, okay, we're going to keep feeding Reigns. But at some point, we need to build somebody to legitimately become yeah. a threat threat. I mean, great matches are great match. I'm never going to complain about that. But at some point, we're going to need our have, our new Daniel yeah. Bryan-ish guy to come in and.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm wor- off, I'm bro. worried that it better not be more.
0: Brock. I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I'm talking about no, you not right now. not
2: Brock, but I'm just worried that someone's gonna like win the rumble. Yeah, and that person's gonna beat Reigns. Yeah, but not a lot of like build or anything no. to
0: it. The only way it works is if it's like the Drew McIntyre situation where you just there's a ground swell of like. All right, he's
2: the next guy. Yeah, to like no, I break agree. through. but uh, yeah, but they don't have they that don't have right that right now. now. No. I agree, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like I'm, I'm worried that like you're gonna be like, oh, someone like yeah, someone like Cesaro who's like felt pretty right. good, yeah, and like is a good in ring guy or yep. like an Alex Black who's mm-hmm. like gonna get some momentum or something. Yep. It's just gonna go win the rumble. We'll be like, I am challenging you. And I but, am very concerned want.
0: that they are going to try and make a big Big E versus Roman feud. Yeah, and I am not about that at all. Nothing against Big E. I think he's fine, yeah. but I just don't foresee him to be a person to like if they were going to try to sell me on that being a SummerSlam match for instance, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Exactly. Like it, it, I just there's nothing about that match to me. Well, Big E deserves a chance. I go, "Okay, ah. that's great, but he can be an Intercontinental title type guy. He can yeah. be a guy that challenges mm-hmm. and we get a solid 2-month program out of it, but you mean to tell me that Roman Reigns and Big E are on the same planet right now? Yeah. That's not. If it's I, just not. If
2: I made an educated guess from what I've seen over the yeah. last pay-per-view, because yeah. I don't watch all the weekly episodes all the time... <laughs> um, I would say that Cesaro and Rollins will probably have like a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Rollins will probably win that and then challenge at SummerSlam. Totally cool with that. And it would be a nice little build to I, it.
0: And, and that's where the difference in what we talked about with Rhea and Charlotte, where you're like, okay, two heels, you don't really get it. Yeah. In this particular scenario... Rollins has been a heel long enough now where you've developed that character. So, like, now it's just a pick right? Mm-hmm. It's, okay, we got two bad guys going at it. There's history there. Yeah. I don't think Roman's ever... I don't think... Has Roman ever beat Rollins one-on-one? I know Seth beat Roman, and then Ambrose cashed in immediately yeah. after that. But I don't know if Roman has ever beat Seth one-on-one clean like that. I'd have to look. I, I'd have to look back. But either way, right? It's the fact of... You you know the history, but Mm -hmm. now you do two different characters, right? Going at it, and you're like, okay, well, oh crap, who do I, who do I root for? Right? It's like, do I want Roman, or I guess I want a new champion? So there's a little bit more there because you're invested in the character development there. Where Mm -hmm. I feel like in the Ripley side, it's like you don't have Ripley as a heel long enough, where Charlotte is just steamrolling her on the heel side. So I agree, um, but I think I think I will make a. I guess this is a little bit of a bold prediction. I think if they wanted to, if they really wanted to, I still go back to say that I think if you give Owens enough, I think he could be that Stone Cold-type momentum guy yeah. to really rival Raids. Yeah. If it wasn't going to be Brian, uh-huh. I think Kevin is the next logical choice from a Strictly like, who's somebody who can catch? He's got the stunner. Mm-hmm. Somebody could catch him quickly.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, maybe that's somebody, right? That could potentially, you know, yeah.
2: knocks reigns off. If, right? if I had to guess, if it would be him or someone yeah. like him, they're gonna wait because they're opening up the live events right in like late July or and something. I'm and glad you gonna brought wait, that And they're gonna wait until the um they get the crowd reaction, and then if the crowd's like super into it, yeah, then they'll push it. And if and they're probably gonna keep Kevin Owens off TV until yep. then, and then if. If everyone's on board with it, then they'll yeah. be like, all right, we're going to roll with it all mm-hmm. the way up until he maybe beats Reigns or does whatever. Yep. And if it's falling apart and no one really cares, then they're going to go, well, yep. all right, well, we'll find someone else. Right, so, exactly. But I, yeah. think, I think they're going to wait until they actually get people to see mm-hmm. how they feel about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So speaking of the live touring, right, because now AEW's announced that they're going to start doing their th- – yeah. I actually have two things on the AEW thing, so I'm going to ask you another thing too. But um, real quick – Thoughts on WWE going back on the road? Are you excited? Do you care? I mean, I, I think at some point they're just kind of like, yeah, listen, all these restrictions are being lifted. And yeah. Obviously, we don't get political on the show, but, you know, it, it, it's it got to help, right, yeah. if nothing else, to have people back in the stands, yeah. even if it's at half capacity or whatever the hell they're going to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's going to it's gonna help. I yeah. mean, it's better than just looking at screens of people with delayed reactions and input and sound noise. <laughs> but I, I don't know if... I guess we're just so like used to the either no crowd or the yeah. or the faces on screens right. or whatever to be like I don't know how hum- like I don't know if they're like oh this is the first show with crowds I don't know if that's gonna be enough for me to go oh let me make sure I clear my calendar to go tune into Ooh. Raw oh yeah you know no, I, mean? I don't I don't but, think that
0: but I do think it's going to help especially the, for the pay per views yeah. it's gonna be like, oh this is so much better yeah. Just oh it's hundred percent better to, to, to get the live I think reaction. I think
2: I'm starting to slowly and I felt it in this yeah. backlash one especially after Mania had fans mm-hmm. and then you go back it's like. Man, I really just don't want to watch unless the fans are back. Like it's just very yeah. and AEW has so like drastic. two thousand people there, so you hear the, right. the live crowd. A little crowd bit, right, there for sure. Way more, but there's thoughts just,
0: before we, before we get to double nothing too. Thoughts on AEW moving to TBS next year, and oh, yeah. they're getting this Rampage show or yeah. whatever for an extra AEW hour. Rampage, yeah. I'm a little bit, a little bit concerned. Not that they're moving to TBS, right? At no. the end of the day, TBS it's all it's all, it's all it's Turner, right? But I am a little bit concerned with the fact that, okay, now you're adding an extra hour of programming. Now, if you're just going to do AEW Dark with a different name, right, that's That's fine. fine. But at the same time, no no one's going to watch it because nobody knows. And and I can appreciate the fact they're going to put up Jon Moxley on one night or they're going to do whatever. But, like, for the most part, you're doing tryout matches. Yeah. On YouTube, Which, it's on YouTube, cool. You want to watch that? That's awesome. But another hour of programming
3: yeah.
0: is another hour of programming. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to have to be one of those things where are you setting up for Dynamite the next week? Or are you furthering storylines where I it's got to be tune-in television? Because yeah. I think it's going to be on Fridays, right? It's Friday is...
2: at 10 right after SmackDown.
0: Right. So it's like, oh, okay, do, do, is that supposed to be appointment viewing for me? Is it, you know, because like... I'm worried that that's just going to become an hour of filler, and we're yeah. also hoping we get two matches that are that don't mean what, anything. What
2: I've gathered and what I think it would be is if you take if you go back to WWE in like 2012 when they had the Raw Super Show mm-hmm. and there was a, that was a really dumb gimmick. Yeah, but it wasn't the brand split. Yeah, but you still had Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, so Raw was like where all the stuff was kind of right. happening. And then SmackDown but SmackDown, SmackDown was like. It was existing, but it also had high-quality matches and, like, stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they would, like, call back to be like, oh, remember on SmackDown what happened? This is why – I think that's what Rampage is going to be. I don't think it's going to be totally, like – like, AEW Dark right now. It's like you're going to have, like, Jay Cutler and this guy, and it's like, okay, whatever. But, like, I think Rampage will have quality matches and Mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be, like – Oh, did you tune into Rampage because you right. had Kenny Omega versus yeah. Ray Phoenix on it? Yeah. No, it's not going to have that, but it'll have some. Right. It'll probably have like a TNT. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think, actually, actually, I think that if they in, do introduce these six man tags, that would I think that'll be the perfect. first thing. That, that was
0: what I was trying to lead into a little yeah. bit, where was like, there's going to have to be some sort of hook yeah. to get me on this train. Because yeah. let's be real. The fact that SmackDown is doing the numbers they're doing on a Friday night, like, let's put this in perspective, right? Friday night's a death zone because when you think about it, yeah, it's prime time, but Friday night, people are out, they're doing stuff, yeah. right? They're, they don't want to be inside watching TV, mm-hmm. right? Or Monday night, no one's going out on a Monday night, right? Yeah. You got prime time TV, you got Monday night football, you got Raw, you got all these things. People are watching TV yeah. on Mondays, you know? so. If you, you know, it's just an interesting dynamic that A, that AW is like. No, we're gonna go Friday after SmackDown because it's like, I'm interested to see the numbers there. I think you yeah, know.
2: I would say <clears throat> to that point though, yeah. I think they look at it and they go, if SmackDown gets 2.1 million, yeah, or whatever, right, which is what they're, uh, at. What they're yeah, at. I think have yeah, like 2.1 to 2.3. So you like have all average. those people you know for sure are watching wrestling right. at eight right. to ten. Mm-hmm. You'll probably get. Not like half because yeah. not all those people are going to watch AEW, mm-hmm. but you'll get a good you'll majority a chunk, of that. Yeah. You'll get a good chunk of that audience knowing that they're already sitting there yeah. watching from eight to ten. Right, watch this one hour. I, show that's what I'm saying. 8, I'm just shocked at
0: that that SmackDown is doing as well as it is yeah. from a from an. I Nash honestly, I w-
2: I thought that they were going to do like a Monday night, but that was yeah. like, but they can't go after Raw, because Raw's at eleven, and that's way yeah. really too late. But yeah. like ten to eleven, I'm like,
0: yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Especially that's an hour, the hour thing is interesting. The last time I can remember, a another wrestling from outside of nxt doing their hour thing on on Mm -hmm. like the network was when tna did it right and tna did it smart though because it was like okay this is an hour show so it's gotta be and that was their only show though so that was my difference right it was had to be loaded right for like okay that's what i think i think it's gonna be
2: two matches (laughs) yeah like two promos and it's gonna be like matches that you want like if they do the six man Mm -hmm. tournament thing and so you can add you probably can get like eight to twelve teams probably of three of three people right? or whatever. Oh, yeah. For, oh you can Even get with, of, I mean, the multiple, Dark Order's got four teams. <laughs> yeah, Dark Order has four teams. like the pinnacle. Maybe if they had right. one more person, you could get two teams out of there. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think with all the people that you have, if you get yep. like 12 teams... And you oh, have I two matches yeah. each, each week. You have six weeks of programming Can't almost. You're not going to change
0: the TNT title, though, which just once again goes back to should yeah, just called the television title. You really should have. And it just would have went so much better. But yeah. I digress. All right, let's talk Double or Nothing here because we got NBA playoff talk as well going yeah, today. And we're gonna, already gonna, 56 minutes into this show. Yeah, that's so. going be a hot minute. <clears throat> um, all right, AW Double or Nothing right uh, one of their you know one of the core f- I, they only do the four right the, yeah. you know but you what know, well, they're at add- you're gonna add more yeah right with this with, with the, the you deal, know addition but... and all that good stuff but um you know it, it's setting yeah. up to be i think a pretty solid show you know start to bottom quite frankly uh you know think I think, it's, know, it's, I think, I think it's gonna be pretty pretty stacked um I'm not overly eager for the main event just because i I think there's a very, 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 very four hours later. Very, very, very low chance that Kenny gets beat there. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Um, I mean I I like yeah. I one. Thing I like the way is, that they got to the triple threat though. I yeah. did appreciate that.
2: I, I always get annoyed because I and I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because yeah. I know you're not trying to do it. Yeah. But people always will be like oh, you know, I don't want to watch this AEW show because you know Kenny's going to win. I'm like, right. you do realize Roman's yeah. never going to drop oh, no. out. Like, oh, no, for sure. Like, people no, no, don't, yeah, like, no. have both. Yeah. Like, both companies yeah. have one champion. I, I am very aware.
0: Lose. That's not going to detour me yeah. from it, right? Like, I just... But I could appreciate the fact that... Um, I did like the fact that he went with a triple threat thing because yes, I was okay. really nervous it was just going to be Orange Cassidy versus Cam. I'm like, this is terrible. I would, too. Because, once again, for me... I like the. F- I, I feel like they need to start putting Kenny, and I'm hoping maybe it starts with the show, in a little bit more dangerous situations. Yeah. He hasn't yet. Like even Roman has shown chinks in the armor. He mm-hmm. tapped to Brian. He he's lost an attack yeah. or something, right? To to kind of feel okay. Like he's not completely unstoppable. Yeah. You know, we're like Kenny right now is just buzz sawing through. Pretty much everybody. Like I want to start seeing like a little bit of the flaw in mm-hmm. Kenny. You know what I mean? And so I'm hoping that happens here because, you know, with a triple threat, you don't have to be pinned to lose yeah. the title and all that good stuff. So there's think, some, there's some think, interesting t- intrigue um, there. We'll talk about it in like 30 yeah.
2: seconds probably. But um, I do think there will be one moment where Pac is going to something and he's not, gonna, oh. No, but he's going to be covering like Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And for, like, a split second, because Kenny's not taking the yep. pin, people yep. are going to really buy into, oh, yep. crap, he's going to win the title. He's going to hit
0: the the flip, the, you know, the 450 flip. 450 yeah, or the right. yep. flip
2: splash uh-huh. or whatever it's called. <laughs> and then he's going to, like, pin Orange Cassidy. Yeah. And Kenny's going to be, like, trying to, like, right. get right. in. Or he and stops like, the arm or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think
0: there'll be some good spots. I think it's going to be a great match, right? I just want to start seeing some more development with Kenny because I want to see them start to – I want a groundswell of the guy that's going to – really challenge them when they get to all out yes. like that's really what I want all
2: right so I'm gonna try my best to go from like yeah let's just go through it yeah. but we'll, we'll see how that goes that's so, like, good luck
0: dude there's a lot there's a lot of stuff on this that's show why, that's
2: why it's hard like there's like two matches I'm like eh, and the yeah rest yeah, yeah, yeah. Very you very can pick out like, a couple of them for all sure. right so we're gonna start with I think it's actually probably gonna be on the pre-buy-in show yeah. so casino battle royale yep, for a for future sure. world title match whatever yeah um i think they have just about every name possible that's not on the show yep. so to go over some big ones i guess you got christian matt seidel pentagon jungle boy matt hardy uh
0: i'm just gonna stop right there i'm just yeah, gonna say it's anyone? christian Alright, Christian. All yeah, right, I'm cool. just I, I don't I don't really know, but like I'm
2: gonna go uh Pentagon because sure. I think I think you had Ray Phoenix a little while ago give yep. Pentagon one match. Pentagon got hurt in the eliminator. Yeah, that Kenny was
0: and Phoenix just is, is on the shelf right now too. Yeah, Ray so, is so that's unfortunate. So I think
2: Pentagon needs just give him a little something. I'm so,
0: cool so. I so, honestly I don't Pentagon. care as long as it's a main event level talent. I think they should give it to Christian because right now Christian's done absolutely nothing that's since me. he debuted. I it's I like, know. oh he's out working everybody. Really? On the bench? Cool. <laughs> uh just saying uh, no, yeah,
2: that's funny. uh we have hangman adam page versus brian cage the battle of the cages oh um i'm just gonna take uh, hangman here. hangman because it makes most sense because they're yeah. going to eventually build for hangman to take the be a top level mm-hmm. guy probably take the title i believe he's going to um, be the one to take the title personally. so if, if they do build to that then he's got to win this one right?
0: hangman is very like you can just see it the way he's presented even with the dark order and all that good stuff you just feel i personally am the one i've like a last couple shows he's bet on where i'm like okay like he's, I am waiting for that moment where yeah. people just go, "Yep, he's our guy, he's mm-hmm. our baby face, let's roll." I, I really you know wish what I mean? there
2: was someone who had another very protected move mm-hmm. like Kenny, mm-hmm. because I would love for Hangman to kick out of yeah, yeah, that, that other move. right. It's like oh my, God.
0: Like, yeah, if if, like, somebody that's associated with Kenny, right? Yeah, like, like if yeah. like
2: if like Cody had like the crossroads that right. was like super protected, which yep. it's not, but like right, yeah. if it was, mm-hmm. and like Hangman hey kicked out of that, and everyone yep. and Kenny's like, Man, oh like, wow, wow, right, kicked out of that. Can kick out of the one wing, like? i I think that would be a really interesting, but like no one has that, so I don't know how they're gonna build to it right yeah. now. Yeah, so I like, guess gonna... is
0: the. I guess the Judas effect is pretty protected with Jericho, That's true, right? Yeah. But I don't. I, they're but, both baby faces right now, yeah, so, I so I don't see that happening. Be, but be, either way, though, I, I see what your point is. I do think Hangman is right on the cusp right now, and th- this is not going to be the show that you're going to see that. But no. like, I do feel he is right on the cusp, and yeah. like, pew, the thing right, is, I don't right know through.
2: if he's going to be able to get high enough to for all out. out. I, I agree. think it's going to be honestly. They, uh, we they need to figure Hulk.
0: out a finagle way to get Cody in the main event is really what they need to do. Like, if we're all talking about the the the, the object elephant, the end, or, yeah, the elephant yeah. in the room where we're like, oh, geez, we really wish we could do that, it's Cody. Because yeah. Cody is their best baby face right now. 100%. It's not even close. No,
2: I think honestly. He made talk- me
0: care about Anthony a go-go, all right? <laughs> and his last name's a go-go, all right? I- I'm just throwing that out there. All this dude <laughs> done is, is punch somebody in the stomach a couple of times and all of a sudden he's got a pay-per-view match against the top guy in the company.
2: I think, My uh, goodness. I think... Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, saying. no. I think uh, Revolution yeah. um, is kind of turning into one of their bigger shows. Absolutely. And so I think that's when you might get the hangman. Yeah. And it's been... Actually, that would be. It would be a little over a year that he yeah. had the title too. But uh, I think that's probably when you kind of see it. That's like the title totally I'm cool on with at. that. Yeah. Um, speaking of the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. That's yep. where we'll go to next. We have yep. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Ogogo. Ogogo <laughs> in a singles match. I'm taking Cody on this one. Oh, shocker! But. <laughs> But I'm very excited <laughs> because we have not seen basically anything from this Kenny or from yeah, Anthony Ogogo or whatever. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see what yeah. he uh, can pull out of the facts. I think it'll
0: be fine. I think Cody's going to make him look good. Um, they're really trying to get over the right hand. I get it. I don't really understand the whole – and this is why I mentioned that they need to get Cody back in the world title pictures because I feel like Cody is kind of being put in that – like spinning his wheels because, like, okay, you're a with QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. Nothing against him. He's fine, but, like – yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Aaron Solo. I don't care about some of these guys. And they're, they're like, they're a great like, you know, like you want to build them up, challenge for six man titles or what? Yeah. cool. But at the end of the day, they're not beating anybody yeah. of any sort of importance. So I feel like Cody's kind of like, all right, we're going to try and build some of these guys up, and I'm going to use me to kind of do that. But he's going over too. So it's yeah, like, exactly. you, you know, what I mean, how much are you really building these guys? He okay. can't take all these losses. He already got Darby over, so
2: mm-hmm. you know. All right, next, we got uh, Sting and Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. It's one of the few matches I'm really looking forward to. That's why I played kind of early, but I was yeah. like, it could be a lot of I fun. I think it'll be fine. Really, like,
0: what's funny there. is Scorpio Sky. They're like, oh yeah, he's you know he's gonna be another big star for us, and right back into a tag team. Yep. Like it was like, all right, that's fine. He yeah. wins the the ladder match thing, and. Immediately gets beat by Darby the next day, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, now he's a tag team again. Where well, he was just a tag team with Kaz. Meh, it's yeah. fine. Sting they go over, obviously Sting wins. It's mm-hmm. fine. He takes the Scorpion Death Drop, and everybody goes home happy.
2: Exactly. All right, now we have our next four championship matches. So yeah, these are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So we got Miro versus Lance Archer singles match for the AEW TNT Championship. Um, if you like big guys punching th- each other I think it's going to be, I, I if, be awesome. if they
0: give them the time and they just let them beat the dog crap out of each other, I think this could be really good. It could also be really, really bad. There is no doubt about this, right? Rusev is a hard one to predict. Archer's kind of hard to predict match to match, right? But if they both just go brawler and we just see, like, hard-hitting clotheslines and that kind of thing, I think this match could be really, really solid. Yeah. Um, I think that Archer's not the right guy in this particular moment because you tried to build him as much as you did, Mm -hmm. and Miro just won the title. Um, I would have preferred, honestly, just to see them have a rematch with him and Darby. I think it would have just been better that way, really reaffirmed that, you know? Um, But I think it'll be, I think it has potential to be really solid. I think it's going to be the worst title match out of the four though. Oh, 100%. So, but, um, but I mean, but I, well,
2: when you're saying yeah. that this is going to be the worst one and this that's has That's what a potential, I'm, That's why I went. that's ooh, why, that's that's why they're up, all pretty. Right. good. I
0: think Mirror retains though.
2: Yeah. Oh, I missed I missed a non-title match, we'll hit this mm. one. Yeah, what's that? Uh, we have The Pinnacle, MJF, Orlo, oh, Sean yeah. Spears, Cash Wheeler and yeah. Dax Harwood versus The Inner Circle, Jericho, Hager, yeah. Guevara, Santana Ortiz. In a the second Stadium Stampede match, and if the Inner Circle lose, they must disband as a team forever. Is the stipulation. um so Probably the. I, 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 I'm line, assuming Inner Circle wins. I can't see them all just disbanding.
0: If they do, the, uh, I think some of them are dead. That's the problem. But, yeah. Like like Hager, okay, what does Hager do? Hager's rough. Like Jericho's it's fine, him. but like Jericho coming out by himself, you're like, okay, he's a babyface. Where do we Yeah, Santina or Ortiz fast? could probably a roll team. in the they're tag They're tag team. And I think
2: Guevara would be fine. And uh, I'm yeah. really just worried about Hager. Yeah. I'm really well, I think worried.
0: Guevara, too, though, it's like, I think they're really trying to get him over as a young, you know, yeah. high flyer, babyface, tiny guy. Yeah. But you need the Jericho rub yeah. in order to make me care. Like, mm-hmm. I think we saw it live, right? Him versus, was it Orange Cassidy two years ago at a yeah.
2: revolution? No, it was him and uh, Darby.
0: Him and Darby, right? Yeah. I thought that was, a so- that was a great match, right? Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So it's like, you can see the potential there. He's yeah. got some accolades to his name but um yeah i think they need to win here um it's a weird match anyway so if the pinnacle loses you got people you can pin in the pinnacle yeah. pin wardlow pin one of the ftr guys pin sean Spears. screw him. i feel
2: like this match would be a great opener too like it'd be so much fun to open yeah and just like watch yeah. all this craziness on the screen and then like, yeah it's like
0: okay up. yeah let's go yeah, yeah for sure instead of interrupting I don't want it to be the main event. And That's the board, problem. That's why I say it's going to be the main open, event because yeah. I feel like it'd be weird. It's going to be, like, be the main event. I it can't feel be like. like
2: the co-main or something because I'd be yeah, like, like right, oh, down. by the
0: way, let's hear a forty-five minute stopper. Yeah, Beautiful. and then yeah. we're gonna
2: have the world title come out. That'll be weird. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think it'll be a fun opener. Mm-hmm. All right, so next we got the Young Bucks, Matt Nick Jackson versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Love so this world, tag team, the tag team Love championship. It. I think this would be such a banger of a match. Oh yeah. And honestly, I would not be shocked if Moxley and Eddie Kingston win. I'm kinda of
0: hoping they do. That once again, the Bucks are on a roll, right? They are but this whole faction with them and Kenny, they're just killing everybody. At some yeah. point they have to lose, right? Yeah. Like You know they've been putting on great matches, the Bucks. But this is the perfect tag team. It's a complete clash of styles. They just, you know, they just give them time. The Bucks are needing another good tag team because FTR is on the same side as they are right now. So you, it's hard to kind of get that, and they don't have anybody else ready to go. I personally think that Moxley and Kingston would be great, and then you have the potential at any point in time because they're not a legit tag team all the time. That's, once again, it shows back to, okay, maybe Jurassic Express pulls out an upset. Yeah. you They're not the, the level of the Young Bucks. Okay, they win the titles. They beat the dog crap out of them, whatever. But mm-hmm. after that, it's like, all oh, Kingston got caught up with a roll-up. Or Kingston turns heel. Moxley turns. Whatever. Yeah, You've got more possibility. The Bucks are never breaking up. So you don't have those possibilities going mm-hmm. forward. So I'm going to take Moxley and Kingston just on the sheer hope that – that we get the title yeah. chance.
2: I think that's going to be the best match. I yeah. think that's such a banger of a match. Absolutely. I think that's it's going to
0: awesome. be really solid. They're doing a lot of things. I love, I personally, I really like Eddie Kingston on the mic. Like mm-hmm. I said, he sold me when they put him in the main event match. I was like, well, I'll watch this just yes. to see. was not very good, but I digress.
2: <laughs> uh, our co-main talking point match yep. of the night. <laughs> Is Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. Actually, that's how Wikipedia. If works Britt it, Baker doesn't bad.
0: win this, I'm never watching another pay per view again. I'm just gonna be so <laughs> yeah, pissed. Like, 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 what do? You, how oh, long? Yeah, she's the face of the division. Yeah, it just is what it is. She can speak English, which is a plus. Yes. Um, and she's had multiple moments. The broken the nose thing. Her versus uh. The one chick from NWA to yeah, Thunder, uh, Thunder Rosa, they had a great match there. It's time. Yeah. It's she has been champion like a year and a half. Let's go. Like yeah. this is the perfect time she needs to win the title. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah,
2: too. works for me. I like Kakaroshita. but I, I like
0: Kakaroshita like... a lot. No, no doubt about it. But I'm like at this point, it's like what else can you do? You've beat everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's time.
2: I agree. Uh, and then our main event three way match we mentioned earlier: Kenny yep. Omega with Don Callis versus Orange Pot, pa- Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Three way match. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, Pac. Kenny's is Kenny, taking Kenny it Kenny here. Kenny wins.
0: Um, but I think, like I said, I think Pac takes that, the fall too. Yeah,
2: I think there is one like instance though where like mm-hmm. Pac. Or Orange. Or orange, yeah, hits the, the punch. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. Kenny hits the one wing, yep. and then, like, Orange Cassidy comes and, like, yep. covers mm-hmm. Pac mm-hmm. somehow. He throws him out and, like, covers yeah. the worst. Like, does something where, like, yeah. you get a little scare into it, but Kenny ends up winning.
0: Yeah, Kenny's going to retain here. Um, they'll go off the air. Front. You know what would be I, funny? I hope they springboarded into another feud how pre- So
2: how protected would it still be if Kenny hits the one wing on Pac, but Orange Cassidy comes and, like, Throws him out, yeah, and then like and then, like, and then waits like ten seconds because right. he's like hurt and he tries right. to crawl over and then pins Pac and then Pac no. kicks out. No, Is I, it still I think protected that. I, way? I think
0: you're more. I think you're better off reversing the people. So Orange hits Pac with the punch or something like that, That's and true. then Kenny grabs Orange Cassidy, throws him out, pins Pac. So it's like Kenny didn't even do the work, yeah. And you, oh, like Orange Cassidy had the match one with yeah. his finish, right? And That's then true. Kenny takes it. I don't. I don't think like the the one-winged angel for me at this point it's it, you're getting to a point where once again you need to have the Daniel Bryan yeah you do methodology where you're like okay he has to be so red hot because the only person that should kick out of that move is the only person that should be able to beat him yeah until until that happens right yeah. so uh, like I don't even want to risk that because if you start diluting it a little bit I'm like mm, you're flirting with fire here a little <laughs> yeah, bit like when Hogan hits a leg drop, that means one, two, three. Until yeah. Warrior kicked out of it, you, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so it, you better be ready to commit to that guy, yeah. whoever it is, for at least a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I agree. interesting. Going to be a great show though. All right, main event time here. Let's get through this. We're already an hour and twelve minutes into this show. We've been going long today. Um,
2: Good luck. We're. going to be a two-hour show. At no this point.
0: kidding. Good lord. All right, let's talk about it though. NBA playoffs. We are here. Uh, we're ready for it. Um, Mike, now I got a question for you. Do you want to go into each matchup and predict all the way to the finals? You want to just break down these first round matchups and kind sure, of see how it goes. Go all the way. You want to go all the way? Yeah, all right. Because I
2: will, I'll tell you guys what's going to
0: happen. All right. Mike's got it. He's going to bore you. I won't. He's gonna, he's a lot ruin... of it will be wrong until the very end. He's going to ruin the. <laughs> he's going to ruin the NBA playoffs for you. It's
2: all. It's all with my heart, um, no head. All,
0: all right, time. let's go in here though. One versus Let's start in the West. All
2: right, you want to do all of the West, then all of the yeah, East. Yeah, let's do finals. all West, okay. all
0: East. All right, one versus eight. Who do we got? Give me the matchup. Who wins it? Numbers, all that good stuff. All right,
2: so number one versus number eight. We got yeah, Utah no, versus, versus technically me- Memphis, Memphis. Yep, but should have been Golden State. But dude, you know what? Playing dude, games go- really two, hurt, hurt
0: both people. times too. Golden yeah. State, a minute left. LeBron hits a three. You have a whole minute and you couldn't do nothing. Like, dude. <laughs> um. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I
2: would. Uh, this one is a lot easier because it's not Golden State. I take Correct. Utah pretty easily. I would say it's probably, probably five. five probably five. Maybe, maybe go six, six if John Warren yeah. goes nuts. Yep. But I think Utah has it. If it was the Warriors, I'd be I like, would, I, I'd yeah. be giving a little like I don't know face. Yep. But right now, I'm pretty confident. Utah yep. six. They're just more deep. Yeah. They're they've been playing they're good better, all year. They're a better team. They're they're better.
0: Better. Memphis doesn't have a true second legitimate option to yep. jaw right now. They have these solid rotational guys, but like that's similar to Giannis, right? They went and go get drew Holly. Like, okay. Now this is a legit second option. We don't got to rely on Chris Middleton. Yeah. Okay. Two versus seven, Two seven
2: Phoenix versus your boys. <laughs> LA Lakers. It's just funny. Cause I actually don't like the Lakers. Like yeah. if you knew, I know, me, I'd not, I know. You, it's so funny it's to hear you having, say that. It's, it's just, just funny. having to yeah. be LeBron there. Um, you I do you
0: think Phoenix wins a game? Yes, actually, okay. I think Phoenix wins two games. Really? Okay. I, Lakers, I have. I am losing in five. I, I have
2: Lakers in six. Okay. Um, because I am not fully confident in like the the health mm-hmm. of the Lakers a hundred percent. Yeah. And LeBron plays really poorly in the first game. Like this is recorded Sunday yeah. morning. Right. So I know the results of Saturday's games. I don't yeah. know the results right. of Sunday's, Sunday's games yet. For sure. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Uh, that's gonna base a little bit of my predictions too, based Absolutely. on what happened yesterday. Right. But um, I would assume that the Suns are probably gonna win Game One. They're gonna come out hot. Home they're gonna court. come out super hot yeah. with home court, mm-hmm. and LeBron always plays slow because he has gotta feel out, like, all right, mm-hmm. who's gonna be the hot this series? First who's two games in- are
0: critical for Phoenix. Absolutely yeah. critical. If they can somehow manage to to go up 2-0, which yeah. is a very low probability, but like that is the series right mm-hmm. there. Like that's the series within itself yeah. because it, you have to keep this team at arm's distance at all times. Mm -hmm. If it's one one going back to LA, they're dead. Yeah, exactly. They're dead.
2: Which I think uh, which actually people always were like, ah, you know, the Lakers at seven is such a disadvantage. I went, it's actually an advantage when you're technically the better team as a lower seed. Because you, you get your back to back home games Second, mm-hmm. so if you can split Steal with Phoenix, one. right? You're like and now okay, one, bam, bam. One. But now, like up. normally, yeah. like when the Lakers are the one seed, mm-hmm. you have to go on the road after mm-hmm. the one-one. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, we come back home, one-one, right. yeah. and we can win two straight. And it kind of must be clear, the right?
0: Phoenix is not a better basketball team than the Lakers. It's no. just the Lakers had a lot of injuries. So like, like exactly. If, if the normally whole, if the Lakers the whole, would be, the two be two in three. the top two, or, yeah, right. Yeah. So
2: it's so. So I got Lakers in the two. One
0: of the few times you're ever gonna see a seven seed be a solid. Favorite, favorite over a two so sorry chris paul
2: you had it we had good, a good, good, for you. Uh, good sorry for phoenix you. i mean they had a great year yeah they did that, sure. that would be really <clears throat> unfortunate it'd be like if brooklyn had a great year and then they had to play miami in the first round it's like yeah. man that's just like a really bad yeah for poor, sure unfortunate thing to have. all right
0: three versus six
2: got portland on the road no home court advantage taking on denver i have um, denver in seven okay and I changed game the does game. does game things. Yeah, in, it, in it the changed. Playoffs. It changed the game because Portland took game one last night, yep. Saturday night. Yep. Um, but I think Jokic is just a monster, and I think the Denver's just deeper mm-hmm. as a team. Yeah. And they I are. think like the problem with Portland is one, they don't play great defense, and two is when you're like a great shooting team, mm-hmm. but they're not as good as like the Warriors were, mm-hmm. like. You're gonna have off shooting days, yep. and those days when like just Jokic just is gonna moments get moments th- in the game. Bro. Yeah, it's
0: been seven minutes since they score a bucket.
2: And Jokic, Jokic is just like, <clears throat> I can go to the rim and score yeah. at will almost because I'm just bigger, like right, better than all of you guys. Absolutely, I think he's. I think he'll just take over the series at one point, and yeah. I think Jokic in seven.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I, once again, if you're the trailer the number one thing you need is another option. Like, no offense to C.J. McCollum, but like, dude. Help brother out. Imagine how efficient he'd be as the third option. You know what I mean? Like, if they get a legit number two option in there, I don't care who it is. Man. I don't,
2: I don't care either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, get playoff P in there and they can All right. thrive. Four versus
0: five, the one you really want to talk about. <laughs> this is one I really want to I talk know. about. I know. Um,
2: Clippers, home court advantage versus Dallas. Yeah. This is the only one that changed my mind so it's unfortunate that we this did the day after. This is a pretty bold after. prediction, Mike's about to I, throw I, on here. It's kind of bold. Yeah, I have Dallas in seven. Yeah, because maybe six. I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven because wow. I. Somebody's got the big boy. Because I, I, low key believe in Quai a little bit to win the first round. Yeah, but that's just that's just me. Um, but it changed because yesterday mm-hmm. or two days ago, I guess. Yep. I would I would have said Clippers in 6 probably yep. Dallas mm-hmm. puts a book fight but after winning game 1 on the road and now Dallas has technical home court advantage mm-hmm. I'm like man they just made it so much harder to win and looking at what Luka's able to do mm-hmm. against that team I think you I'm not very <coughs> confident in picking I, the Clippers I
0: right still now. think the Clippers somehow do it I do, there's a little bit of the conspiracy theorist in me too where they need this Lakers Clippers mm-hmm. matchup to happen in some capacity yeah. you just haven't seen it um so it's like, oh, there's just so much. You know, you got people playing on the Clippers last year, they play on the Lakers this year, and vice versa. Now you got all this stuff. Um, I will say this though, if that if the Clippers don't get to the Western Conference Finals, it is a complete and utter failure <clears throat> on the organization um, because you've you've done moves that have strategically placed you to the point where you put yourself in this position. You you go and trade the farm for. Paul George, and he's been useless for you in the biggest of moments. You go and then go and, okay, listen, you know, so-and-so is not the coach for us, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. And now we've got um, Ty Lue. <coughs> Excuse me as our head coach. Great. He's never won anything without LeBron James. So you've done a lot of things to set yourselves back from a great starting point of getting Kawhi Leonard And you're going to waste it, and he's going to opt out and want to go somewhere else because Mm -hmm. it's a crap show. So, um, yeah. Also, by the way, if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, there is a 0% chance, and we can put the argument to bed, that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. I don't know if anybody's still out there that's saying that. It's two years removed from his title win, but we can stop it. Yeah. Like... Knock no, I, I
2: think that conversation shifted once they lost to Denver last year. I'm hoping but so, but if they, I, I'm if, just they if Dallas beats honestly I'm like maybe Lucas better than Kawhi at that point. Like uh, yeah. Lucas playing crazy ball. But
0: cuz Kawhi offensively is not a guy that you yeah. can consistently count on to put up 30 a night. He's just he's never been that guy. His mm-hmm. the whole thing about Kawhi is that he's a great well-rounded player cuz he plays great defense as well as he is a good offensive threat. Mm-hmm. But being a good offensive threat, where okay, yeah, you're gonna get me 22 a night, cool. But where's the second gear yeah. to take over? He's never been that guy. Even in Toronto, he would have games where like, wow, you look really, really good. But he still had other pieces there. So yes. it's it's not the same. But let's go. All right, let's go to the East. Um, you know, for these first round matchups here, and then because after that's all hypothetical, right? So yeah. we can kind of talk about. It. All right, so one versus eight. I mean. It's one of those things to where it's like, does this the year for the seventy
2: ers I mean if 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 this experiment for the um, tanking for three years, winning yeah. no more than twenty games in three years, mm-hmm. and then trying to oh, what is got Get the process or build yeah, the trust. The process. process, trust the process. Trust the was. process. Yeah. Um, if that's go- if that model is going to work, it's going to happen this year because yep. they have the easiest road, yep, maybe ever to yep. the NBA conference finals that you're ever going to get. Yep. So they play Washington Wizards in the first round, which I guess I can't go. Washington Wizards aren't good, but like Washington Wizards are not very good. No. Um, you have they Russell. just got
0: really hot last month of the yeah. season. I mean, they're shooting the lights out. Bradley
2: right Beal like kind of hurt on yep. and off, and Russell Westbrook in playoffs are not very good because you realize triple double stat. Is uh, not the greatest, but I digress. I think um, I think I have Sixers, and I'll I'll give them five because of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. But it could be a. It could be pretty easy a sweep.
0: This is the year. If you're going to do it, yeah. this is the well, year. Well,
2: because we're going to talk about because it, the 4-5 matchup, who you play next, mm-hmm. is you have the Knicks versus the Hawks. Yep. And I would take the Knicks in a deep, like, 6-7 game series. Yeah, that's going to be a great series, uh, actually. That's going to be a lot
0: of fun. I'm, I'm actually one of the people that I'm not necessarily upset that the Knicks are in the playoffs. I think it's fine. I. Yeah. I'm not going to, well, they need to have the Knicks in the playoffs. Okay, well, if they needed to, then they clearly have done a terrible job of getting them there. Yeah. Um, I think they're a good team. They're not great, but they're good. They're yeah. solid. They got pieces around. Julius Randle's playing this, great.
2: This Knicks team is what exactly you're hoping the Pistons will look like next like year. Next year or two. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. strong defense, yep. really well coached. And yep. maybe you yep. have like Shadiq Bay who can play kind yep. of like. How Jeremy Grant's or not Jeremy, Julius Randle's Julius playing, yep. where he can kind of, he's like the leader yep. of the scoring, yep. and everyone else just kind of helps contributes. I think this is and what hopefully you have a top
0: three pick to go along you, with yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Paul, exactly. I,
2: I predicted number four, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Time. Well, when, we, when we hit the draft. Yeah, so a we have closer. Sixers, Knicks for the second round, but we'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, next we have Two versus uh, Seven. Two versus Seven. So we have Brooklyn versus the Celtics. Um, I, I mean, I, I especially off of what happened yesterday, yeah. I'm pretty strong in Brooklyn and four. Yeah, they don't, they um, don't, look like they just they got don't have enough firepower, they
0: don't. Um, and it and it's one of those things where it's like, Kemba's not what he was anymore. In Charlotte, for whatever reason, yeah. I don't, it's like where point guards go to die. Kyrie can and Kyrie of less because he sucks anyway, but I digress. Um, yeah, the I had a very heated discussion with somebody yesterday about the Brooklyn Nets, where I said they're not making it to the finals, and I got a visceral what? Did, did I shout did, out to Mister Stevie Morrison out there? Oh, I was already on the belief. Oh. I'm I'm always a king of in especially in the playoffs. You have to be able to play defense on yeah. some capacity. You have to. Mm-hmm. The Heat shoot showed, showed it last year. Mm-hmm. They were not a great offensive team last year, but they shut people down when they yep. needed to. So. Um, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn, easy here. Brooklyn, Bro- easy. Jason Tatum can put sixty up, and it's still not gonna. It's just not gonna matter, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: it's a Tatum and like helpers kind yeah. of versus three. Pre- it, it's goals, amazing how sorry. Boston
0: went from team where like, oh, you got Marcus Smart, you got, guy, you got this guy, you got this guy, you got this guy, and then all of a sudden like, yeah, but now it's two years later. You're like, yeah, they've got those guys, but they're not clearly, yeah. they're not. It's Tatum
2: and a whole bunch of helpers yeah. right now. Yeah, so. exactly. And then the matchup I am most excited to watch all six games of. Mm-hmm. 3-6, um, Milwaukee and Miami Heat. a yeah, rematch. Rematch of last year's semifinal where the Miami Heat beat them in five games. Yeah. I had Milwaukee winning in six games. Yeah. Um, I think this is this is Especially off one. of game one where it went to overtime, but mm-hmm. Milwaukee was able to pull it out close. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these games are going to be close, but you're going to see Milwaukee with Drew Holiday, yep. Giannis. PG- I, think, I think
0: Drew really puts them over the top with that extra offensive weapon. I also think this is a year for Giannis. I think this is a revenge tour for Giannis, 100%, because yeah. last year you win the MVP. You're supposed to be the guy. That's supposed to, That was supposed to be your year, right? Where yeah. it's like, okay, this is your time, big boy. You're going to go play the— the Lakers in the finals, right? You're finally yeah. going to make that step up, and you don't get out of the second round. So, now is the time. I think on the East, I mean, right now, in a perfect world, if you were the NBA, you have the sec- the Sixers and Milwaukee somehow get there, which I don't even know if it's possible based off the seating. But, and then you've got um, the Clippers and Lakers somehow match up at some contention, yeah. right? Those are your two dream matchups if you are an NBA executive yeah. from like a ratings perspective. You've yeah. got the two LA teams, you've got the two hottest teams in the East— Where do we go? You know what I mean? With all the star power loaded into it. So interesting to say the least. Very, very interesting. All right. Give me just rough predictions. How did the rest of the playoffs shake out? I don't want to go too deep into the weeds because if we're all completely wrong, then we're doing a lot of analysis for nothing. But (laughs) (laughs) all
2: right. So in the West, uh, off my first round predictions, I have Utah Utah and Dallas is tough because at that point, I don't know. That's where
0: you're like, oh, maybe this is the year Dallas <laughs> kind of sneaks in there a little bit. I'm all for it. I'm Rick, Team I'm, Rick Carlisle. I'm, I'm ready to go with it. So just do it. I think I'm just gonna Yeah, it. I think
2: I'm gonna put Dallas in because I don't know what Donovan Mitchell like if Donovan yeah. Mitchell comes back and he's hundred percent, I know yeah. they, they win it in right. like six games probably. Yeah. But Dallas doesn't
0: have another guy. Because Dallas doesn't have another guy.
2: Yeah but if Donovan Mitchell's still iffy, like mm-hmm. on and off kind of thing, or he's just not playing well because he's hurt, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm Luca. I mean, who's 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 playing mm-hmm. with Luca at that point? Mike right. Conley? Like there's not really another guy there that can do yeah, that. For so sure. I'll I'll take Dallas unless I hear that Donovan Mitchell's like perfectly fine. Then and even then Utah. though too,
0: Donovan Mitchell's hard because like their plus minus with him on the court's weird. He's like yeah. one of those like they actually have a, a higher plus minus when he's off the court because yeah. he's so ball dominant. So it's a weird one there yeah. for Utah.
2: And then uh Lakers, Denver easily I mean I yeah. have Lakers. Denver, well. Just Denver doesn't have enough. Yeah, they don't Jamal have Jamal Murray's out. If Jamal Murray was there, I would be like, I would give a very strong consideration that yeah. Nuggets could push it's, them with the
0: way Jokic is playing, especially But, but Jamal
2: yeah. Murray yeah. not being there. They just don't have your shooters' talent. Yeah, your so. your
0: your best guard is not there. Yeah, you're like,
2: I'll give Jokic one game because he's doing phenomenal, but I'll yeah. say it's five Lakers win that. Yeah. So I got Dallas and Lakers on the West side. East side, this is where it gets controversial, and we oh, okay. just talked about it. So we have Sixers, Knicks. No, yeah. I got Sixers relatively easy. I'd Knicks say have-
0: I, would, I would say I would give the Knicks two games just because yeah, it's it's, it's a run. But I I think the other games aren't close though. Yeah. It's one of those things where like they either get away with it close or they get blown out. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I think I got Sixers and yep. depending on how many games you want to say, yep. I'd say five, you say mm-hmm. six, it's fine. Sixers and then the controversial one, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I think Milwaukee wins in six.
0: I'm still waiting for the answer to this question. Who is going to guard Giannis? Yes, and I, nobody has. I've had this conversation multiple times. Who is guarding him? You got rid of Jared Allen. You got rid of Kara Sliver. You got rid of some of these guys that are your defensive stable to get James Harden. Who is guarding the post?
2: Yes, I.
0: That I, once I again, question. it's crickets because it isn't. It isn't going to happen, yeah. and you're relying strictly upon. A hot shooting night, day in and day out, yeah. from Kyrie and Harden. Because I know Durant's consistent. Durant yeah. is, is the second best player in the NBA. Yeah. So, like, I I can trust Durant's going to put up 28, probably yeah. pretty consistently, right? But then Harden, as we've seen, either goes 10 for 10 or he goes one for 40, yeah. and it's and Kyrie is just as bad, if not yeah. worse.
2: But and that's my thing is when you look at and you oh by the way you can't stop. Yeah. Anybody, when you look at Milwaukee's defensive matchup, right. you go, Okay, well, Giannis can probably help at least guard KD, like, right. he's got the ability to play mm-hmm. defense on KD if he mm-hmm. has to. Yep, and then you can go, Drew Holiday can probably take Kyrie, mm-hmm. and then you're hoping Middleton can probably get James Harden to a decent amount. Yeah, but you use, decent your use your, use your, your length, Usually, don't
0: sell out, right? Yeah. not leave your feet. Yeah, use your length yeah, in the hand, you just shoot three and points just all day. Stick your hand up and go, Listen, I'm gonna live and die if he, if he makes it, he makes
2: it. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think I like Milwaukee's defensive matchups, mm-hmm. and you can throw PJ Tucker in there. And Absolutely, that guys, that's why
0: he's a low-key addition. At the trade deadline yeah. or right. whatever it was, yep. when You were very high Tugger, on that. I was not, but yeah. you were. Yep. And
2: everyone was like, "Ah, oh, PJ Tucker's not very good." I yeah. go, "Yeah, but when defense comes in and he can play on KD yep. and let Giannis go roam around the court, you're you're gonna thank me later." Bunks. And I, and I
0: also like the fact too. It is the aspect of slowing the game down yes, and not letting, like, I watched, I didn't watch a ton of Brooklyn, but when I did watch them, the number one thing you wanted, they wanted to fly, they wanted to run. It's that D'Antoni offense, right, where they just want to if as many, you know, yeah, five seconds in a shot, shoot it. It doesn't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, get moving, Right. If you slow that down, limit possessions, right? And then you force them to shoot the lights out, game in and game out. And, and then also, uh, by the way, make Steve Nash make in game adjustments. I don't mm-hmm. think that Bullhose or whatever the name is for the for the Bucks is the greatest coach in the world. I'm surprised he didn't get fired, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know this much. He's been at the helm a hell of a lot longer than Steve Nash has. And I don't know if Steve Nash is going to be able to make the necessary adjustments if they are off shooting to go, all right, we need to change the way we attack them. It's it's For me, they're all in on one method, and if it doesn't work, they go, well, mm-hmm. we're going to suck after five years. You know what I mean? So I, I'm with you, though. I have Milwaukee winning. And, again, until somebody can tell me how they're going to – and we're going to see it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We'll hopefully we see – what happens in that matchup? We're like, okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to bring on a random schmuck to guard Giannis to yeah. take fouls? I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so our our conference finals, we got Dallas, Lakers, yep. Sixers, Bucks. yep. You don't seem to disagree outside maybe Dallas, so that's
0: fine. Yeah, I, I still think that the Clippers somehow maybe yeah. get there. I, I think Dallas is is both a year away and a player away. Yeah. Like I, I do think they could if get us another solid um, piece to compliment, but you... I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. Tooth and nail are on because I'm a so, big fan yeah. of Dallas. If we're, if
2: we're doing Clippers Utah, who wins that quickly? Clippers Utah.
0: Yeah. I, I like I say I Clippers? I I still think somehow some way the NBA is going to want it to okay. be like that. But either way, it doesn't change right I have in the final. Okay. So okay, I was like, going to say so I was <laughs> going to say so no matter count. who's in that yeah, Western Conference no, final, it doesn't matter. Is
2: there any way that the no. Lakers aren't in there? Nope. Okay. Not okay. unless
0: LeBron gets hurt. Okay. That's Actually, let me put it this way unless LeBron or, K- or AD gets hurt. That's
2: fair. Yes.
0: Because I don't think I don't think LeBron's healthy enough to carry no, anymore. I don't so, if one of those guys is not uh, not playing well, like Anthony Davis has not played well that in that playing game. He looked terrible. Yeah. Um if he has another game like that, they won't they won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But outside of that, I got Lakers going to uh, going okay, to the finals.
2: Cool. Yeah. Now, now the Eastern one I think is a lot more of a toss-up for me because I got Sixers Bucks I am tending to lead, Bucks slightly I am more. I am too. Yep. But I'm not like like the West. I'm like Lakers pretty confidently if yep. everyone's healthy and no yep. injuries happen or anything. Mm-hmm. The East, I'm like, man, I I'm not. Bucks, I'm not confident on either team 100. percent I
0: think the Bucks, and I think the number one reason why for me is I am. Uh, uh, it's one of those things for me where I'm I'm looking and I say, can Ben Simmons. Finally take that next step. Like, Embiid has taken that next step, right? You've seen it. It's a total uptick in his game. Mm -hmm. Can Ben Simmons turn into the playmaker we all thought he could be when he got drafted, right? And what I mean by that is is that, is he going to be able to shoot well enough to neutralize what a Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton is going to be? It's all about... Star versus star, and mm-hmm. then seeing where the rest of it kind of falls, right? So for me personally, that's sort of the biggest question for the 76ers is, is that can Ben Simmons take over like yeah. he needs to in order to get them over the hump? Mm-hmm. But, but I think Milwaukee right now, on paper at least, I think is too deep mm-hmm. for them. Especially like I love that three-headed combination of Drew Holiday, uh, Giannis, and Middleton. I think that's a great. I think that's a great combo there. So. I'm going to have to see that in yeah. order for me to believe it. And once again, Giannis is on a revenge tour. If, if, if um, uh, whatchamacallit, if, uh, if the Sixers get to the conference final, I think you can say we got out of that second round bubble. Mm-hmm. We made it. Okay. Yeah. We, there's clear, there's, we're there. We're all, we're right there. Right. We yeah. can make a move or two and we can get there. If, if the Bucs don't, I think you're going to see the coach get fired and I think you're going to see a lot more upheaval on yeah. that roster. So, I think the Bucs need it more.
2: Yeah, it's true. You
0: know what I mean? Because Giannis is such a big, big star. Like, yeah. Yambi doesn't have an MVP to his name. Giannis has two now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you need it for the Milwaukee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and plus, I, I, I kind of want to see Milwaukee versus the Lakers, too. That's just me. Because I think if the—I'm going to make a bold prediction here. If, the, if it is the Sixers, I think it's Lakers in five. Yeah.
2: But I, I wouldn't that, be shocked I'm just by saying. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very indifferent. I could see it go both ways. For your points, I would say yeah. Bucks have a little more urgency to win. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll i tend to go Bucks like 60. They're also a little bit older,
0: too. Yeah. Like the, the 76 are a pretty young team still. Yeah.
2: Like I'd I take Bucks, but it's like 55 or 60 to 40, 55. Like it's a very mm-hmm. sh- close margin, but mm-hmm. it's I would lean t- slightly to the Bucks. Yep. Yeah. So then you have Lakers, Bucks. Yep. Yeah. Um, or I guess Lakers Sixers I guess, this depending. is where and that's it's where it's interesting for
0: interesting. me. I, I can't tell you right now I can't I can't pick them. I really yeah. can't. It's all about health for me. Yes. The Lakers maybe. are beat up and this is what we thought would happen maybe a year or two ago with LeBron is that okay, this shit's starting to come kind of catch my, up a little yeah, bit.
2: I think the thing that helps makes a difference for me is if, if my prediction that yeah. Dallas wins. Yep. I think the Lakers rode. It yeah. Is astronomical. Oh my gosh. Easier. Yeah, right. Where it's like the where, pressure is where a lot. Yeah. like last year you were like five five five, everyone. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a strong chance that you six five five, in my opinion. Yep. Um Milwaukee's gonna go probably six with Miami, mm-hmm. six with Brooklyn, probably yeah. if they yeah. do win. Yeah. Or maybe seven. It could go possibly. seven for sure. Absolutely. And then Sixers would probably go six, seven, too. Mm-hmm. So you're just grueling through these scenes and Lakers are like Five five five. Yep, yep, you know, right. so if it's not the Clippers in the finals or whatever. So I would take <laughs> Lakers even then, hmm. Yeah. I would take Lakers slightly over because even oh, yeah. though they have the injury history, mm-hmm. I think from the conference final to the finals they have like a week and a half off. I
0: wanna I want I want that matchup really bad. No. Like, I I, I really want to see the Clippers versus the Lakers. I just want to get it over with just so we can just be like, all right, see, look, it, ha- it ended in five. Stop <laughs> it. Okay? But like, and I don't like the Lakers. I'm not even a LeBron fan, but like, let's just, quit being, let's just, let's just like, quit being dumb. It's like
2: when we talk about the NFL yeah. in like three weeks, whenever yeah. we do it, we're going to go, all right, so Brady and... Yeah, Chiefs are probably going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's like
0: okay, cool. Like I'm not necessarily the biggest, you know, Aaron Rodgers fan or something like that. But if he's playing for the Packers, the Packers are probably going 12 and four. Just yeah. accept yeah, it. Just, it is what, what it is. It is. Like, they're just so, good, so stop fighting it. However, um, I do like if if you can call a match. I think like that is a interesting one. If nothing else, Bucks Lakers. I think that's big money all the that's way right. across the board. Um, once again, Anthony Davis versus Giannis going back at that would be, that would be a lot of fun. Um, I think they have not an answer to LeBron, but I think Drew Holiday. They can, they
2: can throw people at. Him. I think they um,
0: have some people to PJ be, Tucker and PJ Tucker to be able to guard him somewhat consistently. He's mm-hmm. still going to put up his twenty a night. I get it, but it's he can't put up forty. Yeah. That's the difference, and people always seem to forget that. Where it's like, oh, LeBron put up twenty and eight and eight eight, and I'm like, that's great. But that's not – that's every day. Mm-hmm. That's not what we need. We need him to go for 35, 37, and 8 and 8. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I would give the Lakers a slight – edge just because they've been there before. You got the experience, the LeBron James factor. But if there's any sort of, like, okay, Anthony Davis is playing on a bum ankle or LeBron's like, listen, I can't see, something ridiculousness um, – I think you'd be very hard-pressed to say that uh, objectively that the Bucs couldn't take it. I think either – I'm hoping it would go seven just because I think it'd just be great for the game in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give you the Lakers until I see more. But right now, my tentative pick is the Lakers. I know some people right now are like, there's no way the Lakers get there. And I go – I don't. I don't know why we keep doubting this process until it doesn't finally happen. It's it's
2: so weird. It's like saying that like it's like so
0: stupid. Like oh, Brady's not winning the Super Bowl. Okay, well he's been there fifteen times. Yeah, Just accept yeah, it's it. It's
2: saying it's like the it's like the, how we're gonna talk about the Bucs and Chiefs. Yeah. And it's like there's no way the Chiefs and Bucks do it again. It's like, You're like look at the a, road. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Look, look how at they the get road. there. It ain't that bad yeah, when they're both <laughs> number one seeds, and then the Chiefs are playing, you know, uh, yeah, the Bills, yep. and then the Browns to get there, and the right. Bucks are playing. The Dallas Cowboys and then maybe the Packers again or yeah. something to get there. I'm like, it's not too out of the realm of possibility that. Yeah, it we see it again. Like, for sure. Oh, Lakers, by
0: the way, yeah, yeah. Mahomes is the best player in the league right now, and Brady is Brady, and they're bringing back everybody. They're yeah. running it back.
2: Like the, La- the Lakers are playing. Oh, um, by the way,
0: Brady knows the playbook this year, too, yeah, instead exactly. of reading it off an armband.
2: Yeah, the Lakers are playing. Phoenix, who I'll give you, is a tough matchup, but yeah. I'm saying six, which yeah. is pretty feasible. I think that's a pretty generous then, six, by the way, too. And in then my and then opinion. Denver and Portland, you beat last year and decimated both of them in five games. Yeah. And, and Denver both, was healthy of the And time Denver too. was healthy. Yeah. And then I'm going Clippers because Clippers are the Clippers right yeah, now. Right. So I mean I don't think it's too far out of the realm of possibility that they're nope. a lineup. I think you're fine. I, think I would be more worried if I was the four seat, if I was the Clippers, and you're playing Dallas, Utah, and then the yeah, Iowa that's team, a tough matchup. That's for a tough. Sure. That's a yeah. tough road you're getting. To. Yeah,
0: there's no guarantee that you're getting there for sure. Absolutely so, not. But that's just my- all right. We ruined it for you guys. Lakers are winning it in seven against Milwaukee. Unless otherwise, the Robert Yeah, and then I most. may come. I may change it as we see. But right now, it's it's just fun to talk about for sure. It's it's one of the few years where you got lower seeds that are favored over the higher seeds because the higher seeds nobody saw coming. It's it's a weird year. Um, it's exciting for sure. If you're a Pistons fan, we'll talk draft in a couple of weeks. Don't worry. But <laughs> when,
2: when when they get the number four, I'm calling it right. They're getting the number four. I'm pick. calling
0: it right now. They're getting the number two pick. You think so? I think they're getting the number okay. two. We, got the, we four, have the same yeah. amount of options as the other teams, and I think this is the one time that it, it sheds light. Okay. I don't think we're going to get the number one pick because that would be too easy. Yeah. I think for whatever reason, the number two pick falls to us. Okay. And it's all out of blind hope to God that they can find somebody because I feel like they are so close. Yeah. Well, I was, so I, was close. Told,
2: I was, told we had an eighty percent chance to get a top five pick. Yeah, we have, we, we have the five.
0: most ping pong balls in the thing. Yeah, well, tie so, with two other teams. So that's why, yeah. that's
2: why I think we're gonna be four. Yeah, because well, our luck is yeah. not very Well, you're good.
0: guaranteed, I think, a top five. Yeah, we are guaranteed yeah. top five. Right.
2: It's like 80% for top, like, to get yeah. six or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we're not going to get five because yeah. that's going to go to, like, one yeah. ping pong below us or whatever. I'm like, all right, so it's going to be probably four Yeah, Because we're not think- very lucky. I'm so just going to
0: just – I'm trying to hedge it. Look, we're not going to get number one, which would be yeah. nice. We're get number two. Yeah, it would
2: be nice to get Cade, but instead we're going to get, like, Jalen Suggs, so. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Either way. I digress. All right, that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. We went long today, but I appreciate you sticking with us Um. You know, lots of great content as always. Next week, obviously, um, you know, we'll be talking more, more NBA action. Quite frankly, you know,
2: any NBA, any, NBA a lot, a lot of NBA talk if for any sure. NFL news comes any
0: out. NFL, any NFL news for sure. I mean, we'll maybe do a Tigers check in as well. Uh, next week, they're, we also talking well. They are playing, well. are playing. I know we, we they are playing well. I know. Ears, all, yeah, name? ears Turnable were burning. No hitter, or whatever. Yep. We'll talk about that next week. we will also talking about the Jeff Blaschel extension from the Wings. Uh, whether we like that or not. I have, I'm have i a mixed bag on that a little I bit. Do. But depending on where you think the wings are at in the rebuild process. But for the Merc Zone and the Missing Whale Man, I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica, And we will see you guys, as always, next time.